0: Happy New Year, everybody! Happy New Decade. This is Connor Listoca, and this is 372 pages. We'll get back. We'll never what? Never get back? Let me try that again. Let me. not let just...
1: retaking? Nope. You got to just do it. You got to <laughs> come go on.
0: With it. Oh my God! We've, a new. De- wow. in the decade's only going to go downhill from here. What are we? What book are we on? What What is the podcast called? I don't know. What our show is? Yeah. 372 pages. We'll never get back. This is Connor Listoca. Going to be I mercilessly am, uh, Michael J. Nelson mocked and, for this, uh, I assume. Yeah, and uh, here with Mike, and yeah, uh, yeah I guess uh, Shadow Moon has fried our brains. Um, but uh, no, no, no. This is the this is the podcast where we read books we're we're not expecting to like, and uh, we've been doing it for uh, ten books now, and we are now probably two thirds of the way through Shadow Moon by Chris Claremont and George Lucas. Mike, how much of this book did you read over our holiday hiatus? Uh, I did a, I did a two day cram on it.
1: I, I admit, <laughs> uh, but I do. I, I make it. I make it nice for myself. I put on classical music, usually Baroque, and I, and I just sit in the chair and I, I go through it. So it's about as peaceful as you can have it. Reading uh, Shadow Moon by yeah, George Lucas.
0: It's like one of those sort of like uh, arty, like faux Scorsese movies. While they'll show you know some sort of horrible explosion or violent act, but it will be soundtracked by by uh, a symphony or something like that.
1: Right. You go into my head and, yeah, the, and the camera's sort of swooping around me as I read, but then it's cutting to these... Uh, the horrors uh, and... Yeah, yeah. Cities turning to ice and, you know, people <laughs> dying and, uh, you know, rat stampedes and stuff. But yes. we're getting ahead of ourselves.
0: <laughs> I went down to... I didn't read anything until we I got back to Vermont, but I was in down in Virginia, D.C. area. And one of the things that we did uh during our time there was go visit this art gallery that my mom has been volunteering as a docent at uh for maybe like two years now and this is the first time that we got a chance to go see it. Uh it's called the Krieger. It's in uh it's in Washington, DC, but the outskirts. hmm And they had uh, I mean I I wasn't even aware. My mom's been going there for two years, but they had all sorts of heavy hitters in this tiny little gallery. Uh so there was like Monet's, uh Miro's, Picasso's, Van Gogh's um, have you ever seen a Picasso, uh, a Van Gogh up close? I have, I have. Yeah. It's um, really impressive. It's like almost like a t- relief topographical map in terms of the three dimensionality of the, of the paint that he sort of, you know, you don't get that when you just look at it on a computer.
1: Yeah. I was just for some reason referencing, maybe it was a joke or something, but it was the, uh, the giant one that's at the Chicago museum of, uh, you know, Sunday at, on the park of the aisle. Oh whatever. yeah. The pontalism. Yes. The, uh, Ferris Bueller painting. Right. <laughs> and, uh, that's amazing too, to be able to, because it's so huge, mm-hmm. you know, it's, you, you look at it, you don't realize the scale. So yeah.
0: Yeah. But it was, uh, you know, I'm not one to, uh, you know, be, be awed by this, but it was sort of impressive to be in this tiny room where you could just in theory, reach out and touch these, um, old priceless works. And I was talking to my, my uncle or my godfather at a, uh, at my brother's wedding and he had recently met the Dalai Lama and he said you know I, you know, I, I, I honestly felt like it was a uh, it was spiritual just to be in the room with a man he gave off that vibe and that was sort of what these um, beautiful paintings sort of did I felt sure, like sure yeah so then I went back to Vermont and read Shadow Moon by <laughs> George Lucas and Chris Claremont uh, really well, undid uh, all that uh, all that <laughs> spirituality Oh, then you're back to reading about this pack. <laughs> oh, it could not be any more divergent ways to end and start this new decade of ours. I'm
1: glad you, you put a, a bookend on it. Uh, this is a good start. Uh, by the way, sorry, I have a little bit of a cold. Hopefully, okay. it's not too annoying. Hopefully, it just gives me a, a rich basso profundo rather than uh, sounding like I'm going to die. Because I'm not. I feel fine. So, uh, <laughs> let's march on. Uh, we have every department, right?
0: No, yeah, we do. We've got uh, new fanfic for this new year. We've got all sorts of emails, and one I'm particularly excited about. And uh, we've got, of course, we have dumb sentences of the week as we, uh, I guess we're, we're getting towards the home stretch of this one. Uh, <laughs> There's so much
1: because it's a, my paperback is one of the, uh, what do you call the, you know, I I, I feel like it's an airplane uh, paperback. Yeah, the mass thick, market, I think. Like, mass market, yeah, okay. with the cheap paper. Cheap. Yeah, and so it's thicker, and so it's more daunting because the yes. pages are smaller, <laughs> uh, and just to see so much thickness still awaiting us is is a bit daunting. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, we'll, we'll soldier on.
0: Yeah, and we've got uh, a lot of people that are soldiering on with us. This has, I think, this has caused more people to either set the book down or throw it across the room, uh, never to pick it up again. But the the ones who remain with us, we thank you. And uh, you know, maybe maybe this has a. <laughs> Uh, I was going to say maybe this has some sort of turnaround that's going to make it all worthwhile, but I couldn't really finish the sentence. <laughs> right. So, yeah, the, the people who remain with us, we few,
1: we happy few. Yeah. Someday we will strip our sleeves and show our scars and say we were there on <laughs> Shadow Moon, and I appreciate you guys uh, doing that with us.
0: So let's dive in. One, one, one more th- final thing to invoke, a, a better work of art when discussing this <laughs> garbage. <laughs> Um, exactly. yeah, we started off with chapter nine, which, uh, the, the, to me, I was, I was irritated by the very first sentence, but then I thought it provided a good, uh, imitation challenge. Oh, wow. I've got a couple coming up too, but I missed the first one out of the gate. What do you got? <laughs> this from? was, uh, this is, uh, I think the first sentence that Thorne is talking to the, de- to the deceiver, he says, I won't let you harm her. Thorne said projecting an implac- implacable determination. He didn't truly feel. So, oh let, yeah, I want to hear. Is... I won't let you harm her, as you project an implacable determination. He, you bet you don't truly feel.
1: Okay, here we go. <clears throat> I got to imagine I'm a little bit smaller. Yes. Just... Um,
0: here we go. <laughs> I won't let you harm her. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 I picked up on that. Your heart wasn't truly in that implacability. Right. <laughs> implacable oh, has a good yeah. uh, has a good run in this. There's a second one coming up later. Which made me look it up. Compared to asperity, it is no asperity. It does not have as many asperities, but it, it it has been showing up throughout the book, and we might not have just noticed. What's uh What's asperity again? That's what people are saying things with. People are yeah, saying no, I know, things but, with asperity. What is,
1: what is the definition? I I've oh. lost track of it already because obviously around the you know Christmas tree uh, opening gifts, we weren't talking with asperity to one another not that i know of so <laughs> right. i, I kind of
0: lost it harshness of tone or manner oh okay so it's right. you know usually if you're if you're either saying the the title shadow moon or discussing the contents of shadow moon it's likely that you're going to be doing those with asperity
1: yes if you're describing uh your podcast to someone else it's going to it's going to come through like hey connor come on man that's pretty uh that's a lot of asperity right (laughs) you don't have to be doing this you know
0: and then the uh it it cuts to the detective being like we don't know what happened here he just he he told him not to speak with asperity and now he's dead
1: (laughs) (laughs) uh the first thing i noted was the the deceiver dishing out uh, lightning bolts Mm mm-hmm a uh, sequence of bolts. This time, one for Thorn, the other Alora, and it just put me in mind of lightning bolt, lightning bolt, <laughs> lightning bolt. To to bring back a a golden classic. From yes, the, an uh,
0: underappreciated one.
1: Very much.
0: So. Yeah, that's the uh, that's the the Deceiver's main uh, main form of of aggression, I guess, as he sort of shoots lightning bolts like the Emperor in Star Wars. It corrodes stone to power powder, but Willow is. I mean Thorn is diving out of the way, he's shielding Princess Alora. And I was confused. They said this before. They're like the the people who have gathered here to watch this coronation are only seeing what they want to see because of, you know, the deceiver's deception. And I was uncertain where that stopped in this section because he's blasting people with lightning bolts, um obviously coming up as a dragon who reveals itself, but so I but then the people start fleeing the city, so I didn't know where the deceiver's spell wore off.
1: I don't know. This that's confused me as well because they cheer when he's <laughs> lightning bolting them. Yeah, so they're seeing something. They're seeing like a you know a pretty good parade float going by or so. I don't know what's what are they
0: seeing. <laughs> yeah, it says uh, they they uh, cheer something and he says, "Don't mind them." Peck the Deceiver said with a dismissive wave that left a trail left a trail of cast off flicker flames behind it. They only see they see only what they believe is a Laura Ascendant. So okay. I either they think that this is what a Alora ascending ritual is supposed to look like, or a you know mm-hmm. a confrontation ensues and a fake Willow blasts the real Willow. Boy, the Deceiver's got
1: a lot going on at one time, <laughs> you know, keeping a lot of balls in the air. Uh, yeah. I think because he al- has time to do this, which I thought was very. I, I don't know; it seemed a little petty. Like he's the Deceiver. He's he's doing all this stuff. He, soon to find out, he's got. More spell. I mean, there are spells flying back and forth in this oh, thing. But he Major says glamours, to, uh, minor glamours. Oh, so many glamours. And, <laughs> and uh, he says, Look who's talking. I've seen the disappearing pig trick before, old friend. It's long lost its power to fool me. <laughs> it's like you're still mad about the pig trick. Like, right, like right. come it, on, man! You've been you've been in my skin for like how many years? Has he been walking around as the deceiver?
0: <laughs> right, Just and stewing about the stupid pig trick. Right, and Willow has gone on to you know he's he's healing the earth. He's he's dripping blood everywhere. He's he's, he's, he's resurrected got, people. Yeah, it's like uh, it would be like. Uh, uh, you know, insulting uh, an artist like Van Gogh for like their early like grade school doodles or something,
1: right? <laughs> but <laughs> you yeah, you drew I, that pirate from a matchbook that right. one time, and it wasn't even very good.
0: <laughs> um, but I also appreciated the uh, the the receiver responding to you have a rare gift for lies with look who's talking. <laughs> It was again the 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 quipping retorts are at the uh, you know Stephanie Tanner of Full House level.
1: <laughs> Makes you miss Frangine and Rule, doesn't it? With their <laughs> their wit. Um, this then comes a curious bit. Once again, we get a uh, two things about this. We get a new word called skibbled. Yeah. <laughs> Thorn skibbled on fingers and toes. Follow this. He's doing. He's skibbling like a cat, ready for a fight. Okay. Okay, got that in your mind? Yes, a sideways crab scuttle that put a little more distance. <laughs> oh my Pick cat, one. always doing those crab scuttle.
0: <laughs> Pick one animal yeah. for the love of God.
1: I guess uh, that was a clucus. One wanted uh, cat, one wanted crab, and by God, they're both in there. <laughs> right.
0: So yeah, a, uh, a horrible uh, crab cat creature is there. Uh, is what we're meant to perceive Thorn as, I guess. Uh, this was a good uh, description too. They, they sort of try to establish a a theme. You know, the title is Shadow Moon, but they they sort of uh, put 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 a lot of moon imagery with the Deceiver. Uh, this says Thorn could see his breath and feel goosebumps raising from every quarter of his flesh. The more intensely burned the Deceiver's flames, the more they drew every scrap of warmth from the room, almost as though. He was recreating this chamber in the moon's literal image, transforming it into a desolate, frigid wasteland decorated with the semblance of life but not life itself. It's almost as though he was doing that
1: <laughs> so it's almost as though he's doing this uh three paragraph description that is sort of confusing thing. yeah <laughs> yeah that is a that's a, a sad attempt to jam moon into there uh-huh um, uh, but you I, I didn't get the sense of what. It seems by the end of the chapter, we're talking a lot about ice and stuff, but it's fire and it's consuming, and so I'm still unclear about what's going on with the.
0: Yeah, at some point in time, I think they call it witch fire, maybe, and it's fire that freezes you. So I'm sure that's a uh, and a D or Magic the Gathering trope. You know, that's got to be something that's just been around in the fantasy verse for for decades now.
1: Sure, sure. <laughs> um, so he's he's running around. Um, you know, dodging these lightning bolts. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, to get out of there, he starts talking to the floor again.
0: <laughs> I mean, you know, you, uh, you dance with the one that you came to the dance with.
1: Yes. Um, and he, I guess he just asks the floor, like, get me out of here. <laughs> and, uh, and the floor, yeah, take, takes him away.
0: Well, yeah, uh, but not before the, not before the dragon has revealed himself, um, as the uh, the androgynous boy has turned into the dragon, oh
1: yes, yes, this part was so confusing i don 't maybe you can explain this to me
0: uh, all of a sudden, the
1: dragon is there and helping him what why
0: so, so that boy who is the minstrel who is also they goes out of his way to describe him as uh you know androgynous or um i i 'm not sure, but his name is kiron he he starts to turn into a dragon, it says uh human guys." Peeled way before the burning onslaught like the layers of an onion. His flesh stretched high and wide, clawed forelimbs gouging parallel scars in the pristine stone as the crest of its towering head brushed the ceiling. Sinuous neck leading to a body of such strength that a single sweep of its wings could generate a wind capable of tearing full grown oaks from the ground. So I don't know if this is, you know, still the audience is thinking this is supposed to happen or if they're just not seeing it. Um, but this is this is my my favorite part of the dragon's description. Uh, Thorne thought of a field of grass rippling in the wind, the shape and texture of the stalks changing with the breeze. This was much the same, only instead of variations on a single colored theme, this embraced them all, from those common in life to others that existed only in dreams. He'd never seen such beauty. And so I just thought, like, maybe if you do reunite with kaya <laughs> like don't tell her that you'd never seen such beauty that your first thought was it looks like a field of grass rippling in the wind <laughs>
1: so with uh with more than one color sure
0: <laughs> she'd be like well i you know all right i i thought i looked pretty good on our wedding day but uh <laughs> it sounds like one of those it sounds like a, a uh you know a an older uncle of mine describing like the azaleas at the masters for like a subset of guys. That's like the most beautiful thing they can imagine. And now, how right. will I was thinking that about it. a dragon who looks like grass. Why does he have time to, I mean, I guess he's never shocked by anything. He does a lot of that. Like
1: he was put in mind of this. Like I, I usually in the middle of a dragon appearing <laughs> that is as big as the building itself. I would probably be thinking about other things. I don't know. But yeah. so this was like a, uh, I pictured the the description of this guy who was also the minstrel, right?
0: Yeah, uh just who was a tossed-off character.
1: And then he became an androgynous, sort of a wan, I figured like a goth guy with a little cosplay costume on or something, sort of quietly standing in the corner. He just suddenly turns into the Dream Dragon?
0: Sure, Um, or maybe the Dream Dragon's son. They had the same last name, but maybe it's the same.
1: Oh, okay. I don't know. I don't know. I really it's have no idea. <laughs> so we know well, that the dragon did it then.
0: Oh, yeah, canonically.
1: Canonically, yeah. Uh,
0: but yeah, so he turns into them, but then is is very quickly dispatched with.
1: <laughs> yes, but he, he gives up his life?
0: Uh, I guess so. It says, While Thorin watched, every element of the deceiver's attack was turned from him to the dragon, who made no effort to deflect them as they ripped into him, each plunging deep as a spear, and he knew with as deadly an effect... As fast as the deceiver poured his infernal energies into Alora, Chiron do- drew them to himself. And at some point it says the dragon's great head snapped forward. An honest flame leaped forth to counter the lunar cold, a gout of raw heat sufficient to put the molten heart of the world to shame. So Clukas is, uh, is just putting the molten heart of the world on blast here. Just telling it <laughs> it's, it's total trash compared to this uh, <laughs> this flame that the uh, dragon is absorbing.
1: The molten core of the Earth is like, hey, man, I have something to do with gravity. I, <laughs> right, keep, us,
0: yes. I keep us in orbit. Like, yeah. what do you want from me? Yeah, I thought volcanoes were pretty cool, but uh, all right. <laughs> uh, you know, back to the drawing board. <laughs> uh, but yeah, the dragon dies. It says, as quickly as it as the dragon collapsed, it took with it whatever remained of the power that had manifested itself through Alora, so that she collapsed as well into a boneless heap Thorin cro- caught before she struck the floor. And then that's when he... Uh, he gives the floor a little, a uh, little, uh, he says a little help and then they, they sink into the floor. Well, what I don't
1: understand is what, what is with the proxy? Like, why does he go through? There was a big description of like, which was very confusing of him putting his energies through Alora, and then that was harming the dragon. Like, why the proxy? You got lightning bolts coming out your ass. Why can't you just <laughs> kill this thing? Okay. What is, I just didn't understand that. And, uh, and and that got me thinking. I mean, I can't be the only one, and uh, so naturally, I I went to the dark web.
0: Oh, okay, all right, yeah.
1: And uh, you know, we we have been fortunate in the past that recordings exist of uh, you know, of these the creation of this. As sure, we've heard in, in previous episodes. they were important
0: uh, men, yeah. They had like uh, you know, just like Nixon was recording stuff. They probably just do this for posterity, you know.
1: Right, right, like um, LBJ ordering pants. Um, <laughs> I, I thank God that that is on a recording. And, yes, uh, and so is uh, so is this a uh, the first editors meeting when uh, Klukas goes into the editor's office and uh, presents the manuscript and they uh, they work some notes on it. Oh wow! Um, so
0: they were rolling together. They were like they sort of were attending these meetings together. Oh sure, they were sure. doing this like a. a-
1: collaborative effort i guess all right yeah so uh let's uh let's give it a listen sure
0: george lucas chris claremont welcome have a seat george we're just so pleased with what you've written and, and grateful that chris was there to help clean it up here and there
1: yeah right look i'm gonna sit here and come up with character names for one of my other
0: franchises
1: well you two do whatever this is
0: okay chris we love what you've done and feel that even though there's no real willow in the title, and that the story is a naked affront to the movie Willow, that the Willow name is going to propel this book to number one. Well, great. One niggling little issue, though. We don't understand a word of it. Hmm, how's that? (laughs) Well, it's not entirely true. Uh, uh, Example, on page 88, we understood the word horse. Other than that, every single page is thick, soupy confusion that only gets worse with rereading. We walked away... Profoundly irritated, even enraged. Hmm, hmm,
1: hmm. Okay. Well, let's dig in and fix it. Uh, can we start on a page? No. Every page. Elon Slezbegano. <clears throat> huh? Uh.
0: Hmm. Sorry. Hmm. Okay. Every yeah. page. Yes. Every page reads as though some unseen force were slinging drops of tempera paint into your eyes. When I'm done reading, I yell at my kids who I adore, and then I don't sleep well.
1: Hmm. Hmm. Okay. I see. I see.
0: Hey, hey, hey. I have a fix. Oh, great! Plo
1: Koon! Hmm. What I'll do is I'll put huge sections of dialogue in italics. Uh, Here, let me do it now on the dock. What do you think?
0: Hmm. 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 Hmm.
1: Oh, yes. Yes, I love it. Oh, great. And here, I'll inexplicably make some dialogue bold. You
0: know what? The plot is becoming clear to me. Notaluski, papanoida. But hey, these chapters, they seem too short. They give the appearance that the story is moving along quickly. Well, then let's get rid of most of them. There. (gasps) They're super long and very daunting. Yeah, I'm depressed just looking at them.
1: Hmm? Allura is a real pig.
0: <gasps> I can see that now. Hey, let's go to print. <laughs> Congratulations, Chris, George. Babu Frick. <laughs> Babu Frick to us all, George. Wow, fascinating. Yeah, that huh. makes, uh, you know, I, the editor is complicit in my mind then after hearing that. uh, Well, yeah, I mean, he... Uh... He caved pretty quick on that. <laughs> and those are uh, do you do you think those are real George Lucas names? I mean, I'm sure you haven't looked those up, but are those? those oh, are...
1: I, I assume. Sure, I mean, okay. I think if you put any silly syllables together, you're probably going to hit a George Lucas name at some point, right?
0: Yeah, but what was the one like bad? The the first one it was like malfeasance or something or bad. Again?
1: Oh, uh, you know, there's a. Uh... <laughs> oh, What was the first? I can't
0: remember.
1: <laughs> I'm still a uh, Babu Frick is still. Oh sure, uh, of course, it's clear mean, in my mind from that- uh, from my recent Star Wars adventure. <laughs> <laughs>
0: um. Well, yeah. So they uh, we have a, a third person to blame as the editor, but um, he he couldn't uh, help me understand what what came next after they've disappeared into the floor. They're essentially making their getaway, but um, Thorin, of course, uh, he meets up with Garen, and they are. Uh, uh, going to try to escape with Cory, who's the demon's daughter, but he goes to try and find the brownies. And this is a very puzzling sequence. Oh yeah. He, uh, they, they show up and he's like, you know, Frangine, uh, rule, like, let's get out of here guys. But, uh, it says they don't see him as Thorn. Essentially. It says Frangine's face twisted, ugly with hatred. And when he spoke, he made his words as harsh and cutting as any weapon demon. He cried. And and Thorn replies, "What are you doing?" He shouted, "It's me, Thorne. So they and they start to like attack him with their little swords and javelins or whatever. Mm-hmm. But so, so they so they, they see are, him as a demon. Yeah, they see him as a demon. But get, he just had encountered Garin, and he was like, "I'll get Corey ready." Like you know, no one else is is perceiving him this way. I I did not understand that <laughs> at all. <laughs> um. All right. Well, good. There's, makes there's a of lot this. of
1: you. You think you look like this, but you look like. Th- I mean, that is a very tough thing to pull off under the best of circumstances, and these clowns cannot pull it off at all. Term, what do you? What do you mean? Of of saying, a lot of people appear to others to not be what they are. Oh, right. It happens all <laughs> the time, and that that's tough to pull off. You yeah. Know, when. Just straight-ahead descriptions are hard enough, but we've got to keep in our mind, okay, so to him, he doesn't look like who he oh. is. <laughs> and and uh, Willow's always changing into... Uh, a mountain with blue veins running through okay, so <laughs> right. it's just it's like tough a, to keep all that straight.
0: It's an LSAT uh, logic puzzle where it's like this guy sees this as him, but this person right. <laughs> only sees her as a yeah, yeah. <laughs> so a then cow does and, she see him. And the Laura Dannon is the ugliest creature that's ever existed, according to the author. So Oh boy, we'll we'll get to that. <laughs> um so the Corey thing, did was she called Corey before? Uh, I believe in the last episode we learned she was named Cory. I don't remember how that came to pass or why she is a demon's daughter, but named, you know, after a, an 80s heartthrob.
1: That's exactly what I – it's like spelling it different doesn't help when it's a complete homonym to the guy who wrote, <laughs> I wear my sunglasses at night. So the, the Cory thing is not – it's not bringing a lot of gravitas to her for me anyway. No,
0: no. And, and, and she's an interesting character. It seems like she's sort of uh, – uh, almost like, uh, you know, Android Beth Kitteridge from, uh, from exactly tech world, yep. where you sort of, you're like, you know, I am new to this world. Like, what is this? And so they, they, are, she's sort of like learning as she's going, um, like sort of how to even almost how to walk. So she's sort of, uh, I'm
1: sure we're going to get a Star Trek. What is kiss <laughs> yes. and then, you know, at some point? <laughs> right. We better anyway.
0: Yeah. Cause she's fallen in love with someone, whether it's Garen or Thorne, we, uh, we will have to see. But when she shows up,
1: um, when, they, when they ride in, uh, we get a clothing description. Oh, yep. <laughs> found Corey a decent set of clothes, knee-high riding boots. He just found them. Right. Buckskin breeches, cotton shirt, leather tunic, a sheepskin-lined vest, all belted at the waist.
0: It was a big so, relief for me. Um, <laughs> I, I was disappointed that there was no jerkin. Uh, but uh, it, it was a huge relief just to know what the what the breeches were made of she maybe she'll be creaming her buckskins at some point in time so, a la charles e harris
1: so she was uh, oh god <laughs> Forgotten that. yeah so she's was naked and not knowing she has no idea what clothes are so garen is like pulling on those pants one leg at a time, <laughs> and I'm like, no, no, put it in like this way. No, the boot goes, so your foot goes into it. So I, I wish we'd have seen that scene for oh. you know a couple page description. Of Garen yeah. trying to dress Corey up in uh, <laughs> knee-high riding boots.
0: Yeah, she's trying to eat her belt. Uh, right. she's... <laughs> yeah, so the, that that's sort of selective. Is she she She's able to accept stuff like that, but she's uh, she does act like an, it's her first day on Earth in other situations. Mm-hmm. This this was also good to know after we get that uh, detailed description. This was seen as secondary by the authors, but uh, <laughs> it turns out Thorne might be the least observant dumbass alive. Because it says, there was a tattoo over her left eye, so intense and colorful he didn't understand why he'd missed it earlier. And so I was like, oh, is this going to be like a very subtle, like, you know, teardrop or something? Is it just a, you know, does she have her, does it turn out her, her eyebrows are tattooed in like some people do? No, it says, it filled in the whole of the brow ridge of her eye socket and then flared up and out along the flank of her skull until it met the hairline. So she's, you know, it's like a Mike Tyson Tribal tattoo or something. And, and Thorne was like, I, what, what, was that there the whole time? Maybe,
1: uh, uh, you know, Garen got her dressed quickly and she's like, oh, tattoo parlor. What is tattoo parlor? And maybe <laughs> she got some fresh ink right there. I don't know. Yeah.
0: Thorne's going to notice that she has her, you know, tongue split like a, a, a reptile <laughs> like some people do at the at Comic-Con.
1: But yeah, he, him missing that tattoo is—it's like that video of how many times do they pass the basketball back and forth, and then <laughs> you didn't notice that a you know dancing bear walked right. Yeah. <laughs> how
0: did you miss this? <laughs> Um and so the now that they have I don't know what part of the floor they ended up coming back out of, um but they are gonna flee because um whether the minor glamour wore off or if just all this chaos from the witch fire burning the city has now alerted everybody that something bad is happening and it is total chaos. People are fleeing, people are looting. Um, but it, I like this sentence. The city was chaos. Whatever people had expected from Alora's Ascension, this wasn't it, and they weren't taking it well. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so, like, yeah, buildings are burning, things are, are collapsing, uh, violence uh d- there's been a dragon that died rats are now storming the streets and so it's like yeah whatever people had expected from you know princess diana's wedding <laughs> this wasn't it right. So it's, it's like whatever people had expected on on september 11 2001 this wasn't it and they're not and taking they it well
1: happy about it yeah i love their reaction though is uh smash and grabs yeah it says people start enriching themselves <laughs> that's their uh that's their reaction to. <laughs> Well, this is unexpected that our town is being consumed by witch fire. Right? Hey, there are some uh, necklaces over there. I can grab a handful of those.
0: Yeah, but I mean, you know, in in traditional looting, people go for some you know big tick electronics and stuff like that. But are, are they just going for like, uh, you know, some some malted grains or something? Like, uh, are they are they going for the uh, you know the 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 fattest hog there is in town? Like, <laughs> in terms yeah, I, of I, I, I don't medieval know, looting but... is a uh... Because then he says,
1: and then it's kind of a turnaround where he says, no, the animals are fleeing, but the people are, are really deeply unhappy and starting to smash windows with garbage cans and, you know, yeah, take VCRs or whatever. Uh, but then they're resigned to just, they stay there. They don't flee. Right. That's a big part of it. It's like only the animals are, are running and the people are just like, well, I don't know. I guess we deserve it. What are you going to do? Run? No. You know. <laughs> right. Yeah. So I didn't understand that either. Why are they one second panicking, the next they're resigned to just dying in their city?
0: Well, it could I mean we got this sentence too. It said even those excuse me, a few ran, but it says even those who didn't uh, ran, even those who ran didn't appear to have the stomach for it and Thorne Thorne knew with heart-sick certainty that none would escape. So I guess the situation is is more dire than the uh than the author's words are able to indicate. Again, maybe there's if we had seen some sort of drawing there would have been just like The sheer scope of the destruction and the um, collapsing everything might have been better indicated than it was by just saying, Thorne looked around and knew that everyone was going to die. Yeah, but so
1: here's, uh, it was as if, just reading right where you just read there, it was as if the whole city understood that it was doomed and people were going through the motions, a purely back brain response, no different than the primal mindless urge for survival felt by the rider's horses. Yes, no different, except that they're the exact opposite. <laughs> yes. It, what do you what, mean? What
0: was it? Mindless drive for survival?
1: Yes. Yeah, so the animals have a mindless urge for survival. Yes. But for them, they understood that they were doomed and people were merely going through the motions. <laughs> exactly the same thing. Yes.
0: <laughs> he went to the buffet and stuffed his face, almost as if a starving child on the street would have.
1: You know? <laughs> right. I don't so I didn't understand that, but it is what it is, and we're, we're out of this town, you know, soon enough. But not before we get the rat stampede. Yes. That was, was a nice surprise.
0: This was—I liked this. Uh, this reminded me—it was a, very similar to a Klein description. Thorns saw cats and dogs, household pets and beasts of burden, vermin of every description, horses and mules, sheep and cattle. So vermin of every description. Does that—I mean— i assume i'm taking it at face value, so they were like hot rats like they were attractive rats they were like you know cockroaches who were like a, a little rogue like you know they were sort of like uh you know just uh they making making uh ribald comments and uh you know tipping yeah.
1: their fedoras. There were very amusing scorpions, uh, yeah, of every yeah. description. That's what I was trying to get. like Sassy are there,
0: mosquitoes.
1: Yeah, the centipedes, like, uh, you know, going in a kick line as they go out. There's <laughs> there's a lot going on
0: here. I, it just reminded me of one of the very first sentences of, play, of Ready Player One was like, uh, the, the characters in the background did a variety of 80s dance moves. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't even try. You didn't give us two and then say, and more
1: uh so yeah the rats swarm the gates and that brings me to my first sound challenge for you oh boy uh so the gates themselves are closed tight but that didn't even slow them down as they rushed up and over the wall uh but some of them didn't make it and so uh it says they gave uh giving passionate voice to their distress so i would my challenge to you is you're a rat who can't make it over the wall so please give passionate voice to your distress
0: my darling rat emma i fear that we may not make it over the wall i wish that you will please escape do what you can to survive and bring our thousands of revolting rat children with you to whatever new Uh, eden you may discover beyond the walls thousands of other rats are currently trampling me perhaps more of our beloved children but
1: do, do, I do, I have to, do I have to wait for this? Is no, 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 it you almost can, over?
0: Yeah, I'm, I'm just, uh, my passion is the last thing that remains, is my life essence. Well, I, I'm,
1: I'm going to get going. T- Timmy, but, Jane, yes, you hop Timmy, the wall there.
0: He was always one of my favorites. Go, goodbye, then. No, All right. Have, Emma,
1: good, please. We'll, we'll set up. We'll do what you said.
0: Goodbye, Brad, Emma. That uh, was passionate enough. That was very passionate, yeah. yeah. <laughs> wow.
1: Speak <laughs> about uh, great works of art. <laughs> contrasted
0: with this. Uh, speaking of great works of art, this was the uh, this was a good sentence. Uh, he was beyond nausea, but fortunately also beyond the capacity to imagine what he'd feel like when this was done. And that is how I feel reading Shadow Moon. <laughs> I, beyond I,
1: the capacity,
0: I can't even. I don't know what what it will be like when we're done with this. It's like uh, it's like imagining what the world will be like at the end of the twenty twenties. It's who can say? Right.
1: It's like trying to uh, imagine. The universe, and then when the universe stops, what's, what's beyond it? It's very tough to imagine.
0: <laughs> yes, I feel like Shadow Moon has always been there. Um, this was a good, uh, a, a good exchange. Um, do you believe that? What you say, asked the demon child. And that is a, a camel-cased one word, demon child. Uh, it says, it doesn't matter what you do. He certainly can't stop you. Why did you? It's not the demon way the demon child replies am i a demon uh so one we have demon child two she doesn't know she's a demon and she af- she asks am i a demon which i thought might be the uh, a good follow up to the uh, that children's book are you are you my mother <laughs> right <laughs> <laughs> but uh yeah so the uh the naivety of her is is going to be an interesting wrinkle but then uh willow's response to that is to do uh I think the fourth Iceman impression of this book, he opened his mouth to reply, then closed it with the clack of teeth, brought smartly, sharply together because he had no true answer for her.
1: I have exactly that. This is definitely on purpose now. This is a very, (laughs) it's a subtle nod to uh, Mad Mardigan, but it's definitely there. Weird. Because, you know, until you've seen uh, Top Gun... No one has ever snapped his teeth at you, I assume, and n- nor have you done that to anyone, I, I can't imagine. It's not no. an act that I've ever seen humans do. I guess nope. I've seen a wolf do it, maybe. <laughs> yeah, but, like uh,
0: a chimp to sort of establish dominance. Yeah,
1: but uh, this is happening quite a bit. The <laughs> clack
0: of teeth, which also seems very
1: uncomfortable. I mean, I don't know if the yeah! microphone can pick this up, but it's... Ow.
0: Yeah, no, yeah. I had, a, I had a teeth falling out dream like within the past week or so, and it's, a, uh, it's the sort of thing that doing that makes you uh, just makes you nervous. Right,
1: right. Um, but that was the conversation that, um, it's not in my ebook that I have right here, but that's when they're riding away, right? And he just asks her a question when they're on the horse. I didn't understand a word of that, <laughs> uh, that, that whole am I a demon thing. Like what, yeah, what is her character? Establish it, Klukas. I don't know what's going on with her.
0: Yeah, there was a uh, there was a, a sentence earlier that we uh, I skipped, but it said the deceiver operated on a level he never imagined even existing until he met the demon, and I was like, well, that is zero information because we don't know jack about the demon either. Like the demon, all we know is the demon speaks in bold, and uh, he he might not have a body. We and so like she's like, am I a demon? And he's like, I'm really piecing this all together myself, honey. Like it is not right. <laughs> I'm not a good guy to ask. Let's just, you know, let's
1: sort that out once we ride away from the consuming uh, ice fire that is uh, killing <laughs> apparently millions or whatever, hundreds of thousands.
0: But yeah, so the way that they're going to get out of there um, is that Thorn has to do like a, a magic, which we're, we're led to believe is a very impressive feat, but we've, again, seen him talk to mountains and re- revive the earth. So like we know he can do whatever he needs to. Uh, he bursts open these doors that were thicker than a stout man's body. And then it says, the sound of Thorne's voice echoed across the plaza, and the scene was suddenly gripped by a silence that was as profound and all-encompassing as it was sudden. Not just the absence of sound, but even the concept. So that's annoying. Um, mm-hmm. And then it says, this, this we get into more uh, Lovecraftian uh, talk here. This was a blast whose sound matched its fury, yet the noise was so far beyond human comprehension that Garen had no true sense of what it was. Asked he could never describe it, so well done authors you've uh, you've you've really conveyed a a a great image here <laughs> eh, we don't care we're we're punting it was right. it was weird,
1: <laughs> but I also think it's weird to say to uh, project Garen into the future of when he's asked about it, so <laughs> we know that I guess from that sentence we know that Garen lives and okay. someone and and is describing, yeah, I was with this guy, this little dude and he blasted this door open and how loud was it? Oh, God, that's a good question. I, <laughs> I can't even describe it. I mean, <laughs> Maybe okay, that's well, the... why did you even bring it up then? I don't, you know. <laughs>
0: right, yeah, that's the, uh, the, the post-credit sequence is, is Garen, you know, 50 years in the future bouncing a, a grandchild on his knee and being, uh, being asked about that and being like, can't do it. I, I like to
1: think, I mean, you know, technically, obviously, it only had to happen once for this to be a true sentence, but I like to think that Garen goes around... You know, he's like an Uber driver who, uh, yeah, that house over there, uh, Johnny Cash, is, uh, he was a good friend of mine. Like, I didn't ask. <laughs> right. I, Garen is talking about the door blast to people. Like, God, he's bringing this up again. We weren't talking about doors <laughs> or
0: blasts, Right. And you don't even, we're not even able to describe it. <laughs> right. Why do you keep bringing <laughs> it up and then stopping? <laughs> Please go back to talking about your screenplay. <laughs> yeah um let's see this is we got this is where we got our second implacable of the section anna Carey, however wasn't interested in the fugitives she leaped from her own horse once it recovered a semblance of composure and forged her way across along the wall to the gate plowing across the flood of wildlife with grim implacable determination hmm yeah
1: let's remember the wildlife is not just the vermin let's remember that it was you know cattle and horses and so she's yeah. just marching against this, you know, think of the uh the movement of wildebeests apparently <laughs> yes. across the, right. the Great Migration. Could, and she's just weaving her way through it with yeah. implacable determination.
0: <laughs> yeah, through, you know, uh every every type of vermin that's ever existed. There's probably a uh a uh snake in the shape of a pretzel who has the voice of uh Jimmy Durante, who's like, How did I get into a pretzel?
1: Uh, maybe there's a pair of them and they do a little bing and crosby routine who, who knows sorry yeah. sorry man <laughs> that was low uh, uh yeah but i'm t- i'm told that uh because i had horses when i was younger that horses really won't you know even unless they get super panicked they will not step on other things like they try not to you know they're not going to step on your dog they they're okay. aware of where their feet are and i but i just think of all these animals running with a thick carpet of vermin, like how, <laughs> what is happening there? Are they all just getting, is it just a mass of gore and yeah, crushed I, rats and insects up to your knees? Like, what is,
0: <laughs> Yeah, I mean, you know, I, I'm pretty sure that a, uh, a medieval kingdom would have been, you know, one of the most rat heavy places that's ever existed. So it's got to be just like uh, bubble wrap in terms of stepping on, stepping on rats as you flee.
1: Yeah, and they they keep going because I mean this chapter soon comes to an end, but uh, I believe the, uh, the the vermin stampede continues in the next <laughs> chapter, so it is uh, quite sizable. Uh, um, this is
0: this. Is, go ahead.
1: Well, so the the chapter ends with uh, you know Anna Carey coming in, kind of like the um, you know uh, like the fugitive or something. Like we got a hard target search. You know, we got three people, and she says uh, to to her underlings, find a printer. <laughs> there should be one in Bow Camel, I think is what it says uh-huh. so that's the end of the that's the exciting end of the chapter after she figures out like I saw them. There were three of them. She describes them you know like a like a hunter describing its prey, and then says, "Now could you shoot over to Sir Speedy's and get some flyers printed up and yeah. We'll drop them in in the surrounding villages.
0: It's amazing. Yeah. She says, I want flyers at every crossroads, posted at every inn and way station, heralds as well as the length of the peninsula with a shipment to go out to all the East Bay cities. So flyers are, uh, you know, one of my favorite thing in fantasy. But this is like, uh, this is like, you know, yeah, Tommy Lee Jones and the Fugitive as if he was, yeah, giving the specific instructions for like, you know, and put the reward at uh, $10,000 um you know she's she's expressing that she wants them alive as well but uh yeah she's uh i think she's like rooting through her pockets for a coupon for the printer i um, dearly
1: hope that the next chapter would be you know anna curie like standing over two guys at the printer like no 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 that font is too big up right. top you need to move that down because i want the impact font here Uh, Have you guys ever designed a uh, a flyer before? For God's sake. And it's not a trifold, you morons. We have (laughs) to paste it up.
0: Right. Yeah. Do not go with that paperweight. We are printing up 10,000 of these. Even if it is one cent more, that's going to add up.
1: (laughs) God. Oh, that struck me as a very funny detail. It seems like there could have been some other way. Like, let the... uh, You know, like she has a network of spies or something like, let it be be known, you know, let it go round Uh, instead.
0: Put out whispers to all the sparrows. That's... uh Instead, in this fantasy, flyers. (laughs) Right. And, you know, I not to impugn uh, the profession as a whole, but my... Uh, college buddies worked at a print shop. Um, that was sort of where they would go to, like, listen to music and, you know, deal with the one person who came in to print out band flyers. It wasn't, you know, I'm, I'm guessing they're going to head into this print shop, and the person who was forced to work during the, uh, during the ascendant ceremony is not going to be the the top notch uh, employee that they uh, they might be hoping for. So this could be this could be quite a process.
1: Yeah, and also, I mean, is he calling branch stores? Like, well, I don't, I mean, I don't stock that many things here at this one because uh, this is a, an outpost one this is co-camel or whatever but right. uh, i got a yeah. bigger one up there but I, I can't get that in until tuesday at, at the <laughs> earliest
0: oh so yeah but then and then they make it happen in the next chapter these uh they, they find some uh you know like rude mechanicals who come in and they have like they're like yeah remember the flyer said that we uh we have to bring him in alive so to, to, to go easy on him right so yeah we laugh so it, now but they, it works
1: and I guess that, um, you know, flyer, they, they're used to seeing them. It's not like there was some banner up and it was telling us that we should capture these people. Apparently, there's, you know, it's like the... Uh, A
0: robust flyer culture.
1: Right. It's the uh, the, 90, or the theses nailed to the door. Like, apparently, the thing that I didn't know is the door was always filled with stuff. Right. This was just another one. Like, he yeah. just stapled up his thing. And it's like, what is this one? <laughs> so, yeah, there were flyers everywhere. Apparently, there's, you know, people yeah. all over
0: drummer wanted influences the beatles and the rolling stones and led zeppelin okay
1: <laughs> dog walker needed yeah uh,
0: but they are once they once they have gotten out of the city i think this is related to the to the ice fire um we got this uh we got this great image um they are uh nothing in her memory prepared her for such a cold as this she felt the mucus freeze in her nostrils and fumbled a scarf across her face to keep from burning her lungs um, and i just I just reminded me of I think Bill Waterson claims he was the first uh person to ever use the word boogers in a uh, daily comic strip when calvin went outside and said don't you hate it when your boogers freeze so uh, <laughs> it could have been uh, he could have been paying an homage to that in this scene oh
1: i dearly hope that that was the case yeah.
0: <laughs> and this was another good uh, this was similar to the vermin description but it said there were no more flames save for stray residual flickers here and there yet everything before her glowed like a campfire that had burned down to coals she thought of ice and diamonds of every image that came to mind associated with winter and desolation and found them all wanting. So she's thinking of every image associated with winter. So she's thinking of like gingerbread man, ugly sweater parties, <laughs> Ralphie beating up Scut Farkas. She's thinking of those uh,
1: novelty cups that you put uh, hot chocolate in um yeah exactly
0: (laughs) she's thinking of you know the the one uh gross guy at every party who wears like uh you know mistletoe mistletoe hanging over his belt type of thing (laughs) (laughs)
1: um and but again she found them wanting so there's a lot of uh yeah a lot of shade being thrown at sort of natural phenomenon here (laughs) winter
0: sucks the
1: core of the earth sucks
0: right Uh, yes molten earth um but yeah, uh, so that's the. Uh, I think that's Alora who's who's doing that, or is that Anna Carey? I think it's Anna Carey. Yeah, she uh, she well, does a- the little.
1: Yeah,
0: Anna Carey has just been also knocked unconscious by uh by her buddy who she used to date. Says she wasn't in a mood to argue, so she hit him a blow that would have dropped most men, but he hit her harder, a pair of punches that took her wind away and left her hanging onto consciousness consciousness by her fingernails.
1: That's at the end of the this chapter.
0: Yeah, that's. I guess she was. I forget. They had some sort of dispute about uh, um, whether these were good guys getting away or not, and the her, you know, m- main commander who was one of the guys that visited Willow in the dungeon. One of the five times people went down there, uh, knocks her unconscious.
1: Oh wow. Okay. Like I guess I missed that.
0: No, that's uh, fine. <laughs> There's a lot here to miss.
1: There was the part so they rode past each other right as they were heading out of this after they blew the doors they ride out and they're riding in and uh that's when she says like yeah they rode by I saw him it was a little little guy wearing you know boots and uh then she goes into a <laughs> very detailed description while she was so she noticed them while the torrents of vermin were you right. know <laughs> being stomped underfoot so I thought well done there
0: yes was that a hot rat sorry lost my train of thought <laughs> I but yeah little guy uh no jerkin i noticed on the uh, on the demon child Uh, There was a cotton fabric that was sort of underneath the leather outer. Yes. Uh, But that's all I have for that's chapter nine, right? Yeah. So, yeah, chapter nine. I mean, some stuff happened. It was hard to say. I mean, the left with uh, not knowing what happened to the deceiver either or why he had to look like a sexy Willow to begin with. You know, that's that's, for for many years, right? It's been glossed over. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, But. uh, so, yeah, but that the chapter ended, and but some stuff did happen they They fled a city that got let on fire, a dragon died, they became the floor again and uh yeah they they their boogers froze
1: and they got uh and Willow got attacked by the brownies and almost
0: stabbed right, yes, and it could be the last time we see them. We don't know that, I don't suspect it will happen, but he he's very uh maudlin about having uh, having to leave them behind in the following oh, boy, chapter yeah, so.
1: there are tears shed coming up, but uh yeah.
0: But until then, I think we should use this natural break between Chapter nine and ten to do some fanfic or real.
1: Oh boy, okay.
0: my <laughs> Oh, uh,
1: my confidence is not high. I'll be honest. Is
0: that cause I went five for five last time? Oh, uh, there is that that weighs over me, sure, oh. sure. I think this one has been easier, though, and in general. There's a, a famous line
1: by uh, a tennis player named Vetus Gerolitis, who, believe it or not, was an American guy. Wow. Uh, he got beat by— also, also
0: a George Lucas character.
1: Yes. <laughs> I think uh, McEnroe or somebody beat him uh, six times in a row— and he very dryly said one time, nobody beats Vetus Gerolitis seven times in a
0: row. <laughs> uh, Wasn't so, it, let this be a lesson to you? Nobody let this here. be a lesson to you. <laughs> very uh, funny. Yes. All right. Well, we have uh, five uh, passages from Shadow Moon, per- potentially, or five uh, passages that are fanfic by our loyal listeners or some combination of the two. And uh, let's just get it right to it. The first one. Anna Carey could count no certain survivors of the Lions in her confused memory of the fight. It was impossible. She was their commander, and the world could not continue to exist if it had lost them all. The alley appeared quiet, but her horse reared again, squealing gutturally, and the princess who grew up in the saddle lost her grip. The world canted as her saddle slipped sideways, straps damaged in the fight. Anna Carey stuck the cobblestone side-on with her ribcage and curled instinctively beneath dancing hooves, felt as much as she heard the horse pounding away. A yellow light slanted over the cobblestones, defining each stone as if it were a small mountain, and a ringing, grating sound approached, like that of fine steel being drawn over stone. Despite her chest refusing to draw breath, Anna Carey raised her head, blinked into the light. Approaching with a hulking step was a naked woman carrying a stable lantern and dragging a broadsword as if she'd forgotten she had it. Fight, I will, the vision said.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Oh... Oh, see, yeah, other people are learning, are learning, because <laughs> it's very subtle until a naked woman with a sword. Um, but I think since there's there's already already been one uh, hovering naked woman, <laughs> uh, the demon child, I'm going to say fanfic. Right. Again, my, my confidence is low.
0: Okay, uh, let's do number two. I believe this is yours, he said, pressing a silvery object into her hand. She gazed at the clip for a long time, head bowed and lips lips pressed together with emotion. I thought it forever lost, said Anna Carey softly. May I, Thorn asked. He leaned over and gathered her hair behind her neck, gently snapping the clip in place. Their eyes met. Against his will, he leaned forward and kissed her, powerless to resist the attraction he felt. Feelings he had long suppressed shot through his very soul, perhaps from the bond they still shared, or from something more. Looks as if you got your good spirits back, came Garen's voice, accompanied by a cheeky wink.
1: Mmm. Well, (laughs) I I can't see that (laughs) happening. I'm going to say that that's fanfic.
0: Okay. Number three. The blood whip came now for him, his vision flooding scarlet as tendrils stabbed through his eyes and poured fury into every particle of his body. The stag lord thrust himself forward hands grasping Thorne beneath the armpits and lifting him high overhead until he was poised on the tips of the man's horns. The energies of the blood whip arced around and through them, both spread-eagling Thorne and stretching his extremities to their utmost until joints began to pop from their sockets. His mouth had likewise gone wide as flesh would allow. Teeth bared to such an extent, he thought all of the component parts of him would tear apart, his expression twisting into a rictus of unbearable agony that he knew was but what but a fraction of what the stag lord had endured running through the fire.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I don't know.
0: Stag lords,
1: blood whips? I mean, I like it, um... I suppose you can't tell me whether they're camel caps or not.
0: Stag lord is camel caps in one word.
1: Okay. Uh, and blood whip?
0: Blood whip is two words. Uh, neither of those are um, are capitalized.
1: Hmm. I see a blood whip as being a possible food trend in the, you know... Uh, the paleo community. Like, <laughs> yes. No, you just drink your, uh, you drink your meat. It's yeah, called a wh- blood whip.
0: Whipping it infuses with it, uh, with uh, vital oxygenated ions.
1: That's right. It's grass-fed blood, of course. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I'm going to say it's Stalling.
0: Real. It's real? It's Re- okay. real. All right. And now we have number four. Ulfgood of Good Earth. No, that is not you. That one died a dozen years gone. The deceiver continued to circle on the peak, prodding at Thorn with mind spikes. And and Drumheller, also no more. The one who goes before to draw, to warn, failed. Thorn clenched numb fists until they went white. You're stalling, he barked at the deceiver. Moonrise, the moon, source of his power. He had to stay focused. You think I am weak because the moon hides, do you? We are so much alike, Athrit. You could join me, claim of all of our power together. Join you? Never. Thorn reached downward with his insight, anchoring himself for what he must do next, weary attention fumbling with the repeated attempts to speak to ancient stone. No more room with one demon resident, sneered the deceiver, tasting triumph. Go to hell, shouted Thorn, and rent the mountaintop in twain. <laughs> <laughs> well,
1: well, I like it a lot, but I'm going to say that it's fancy. Oh,
0: wow. <laughs> Prodding at Thorn with mind spikes. Mine spikes. Um, Number five. The heaving sea cast the now tiny Dromond down again into a watery trough from which nothing of the coast could be perceived. They were lifted again as if by a spell, and the craggy shoreline loomed dangerously close, presenting a tumble of sea-crusted boulders the size of a house, garlanded with spitting foam to the ship's elegant prow. Morag stood wide-footed at the tiller, precariously leaning with each pitch of the sodden deck. She shouted, Where's that damnable channel, Rin? Nothing awaits us hereabout but death from kraken upon the rocks. Her emerald eyes seemed to glow against the gray light as they cast about the deck, but the weir had gone, slipped unseen from his post, and into the wall of the next cresting wave.
1: Hmm. Well, uh... I'm going to say that that's real. Okay. All right. I I sense from your silence that I did not do well.
0: No, no, no you did good. You just, uh, you did good. Uh, let, let's go through them. You got All four right. out of five. Four Woo! out of five. Yeah. So number one, uh, that was the... Uh, Anna Carey is not certain. There's lion survivors. Uh, fight I will to the naked woman with the broadsword. Uh, you thought that was fanfic. The woman was a step too far. That was... fit. Fanfic, excuse me, fanfic written by Marie. Okay. Number two uh, was, uh, uh, oh yeah, Thorn smooching Anna Carey. You thought that was fanfic? That was fanfic Ooh. written by Melissa. That is fanfic just, in like its truest uh, nature, getting uh, right? characters to bang. Yeah. <laughs> <I just laughs> That's where it all of, began. I just thought of Kaya. Yeah. I mean, I just can't believe it. Right? Yes, exactly. Who? Who? is alive, is not alive, we're not sure. Yep, not sure. (laughs) Number three, uh, the blood whip and the stag lord. You said that was real, that is real wow so we've got what like uh, 150 pages left in this a stag lord and a blood whip are going to be become prominent characters
1: once again willow is going to be stretched and crushed and pulverized (laughs) and bloody and joints
0: popping he's exhausted beyond the realm of any mortal who has ever existed and yet he's (laughs) able to do whatever he needs to and so yeah very funny uh he's like stretch armstrong right uh number four uh, that was uh, Mind Spikes. Uh, you thought that was fanfic. That one was fanfic. That was written okay. by Patrick. That one I thought was very well done.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> Athrit. I don't know what that means. A-T-H-R-I-T. I don't know if that comes back uh, or if that's something he looked ahead and took. But uh, And then the last one uh, was the them back on the boat, Morag yelling at Rin. Uh, you thought that was real. That was also fanfic written mm. by Marie. Okay, so, yeah, because well you
1: know Rin makes
0: an appearance. Yes, so, yeah, exactly.
1: <laughs> roped me in. Well Prayed done. on that.
0: Uh, yeah. yeah, well done, everybody. That was the uh, the first fanfic of the of the twenties, um, and a lot of those fanfic uh, writers were uh, Patreon supporters, um, which we are appreciate. I just posted the second set of Tech War cards to Patreon. So if you want to see what uh, some really dumb scenes of Tech War looked like, illustrated by a really untalented artist. Uh, I would recommend going on over to Patreon and doing that. And the best part of the tech War cards was the Goulart speak very much translates to the back of the cards. It has, uh, those sentences that were a trademark of tech war where it's like, what shouted Connor, would you like for dinner? Oh, great. Wow. Like, so that's, uh, yeah, they're <laughs> very, very hard to read, but, uh, it was a simpler time of that being the only confusion you would get. Yeah.
1: Those are, wow. Once again, seemed like a warm blanket.
0: <laughs> so yeah, Patreon.com/slash/372pages. You can just chip in as little as a buck or five dollars gets you early access to every episode and lets you uh, get your fanfic in ahead of everyone else.
1: Well, I think it's fair to say, uh, you know, if we combine, we're we're nine for ten.
0: Yeah, over yeah. The it's, past uh, two. I think yeah. Either either step the game up or maybe this one is just impossible to fake. It's just uh, it's it's impossible for people to come up with what makes this so unreadable. I think. Um, yeah, there's not uh, it. It finds new ways
1: to be sort of confusing, and so yeah, it's it's tough to to get a bead on it and stay with it.
0: <laughs> and on that note, I, the 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 first sentence of chapter ten that I noted uh, sort of mirrors that uh, the reader's experience as well. Nobody following, Gerring yes. called as his weary horse labored the last stretch, and uh, I thought he was just going to add the narrative that is nobody's following in—
1: not uh, not a thing. No, I'm not following it at all. Uh, but but this does it is contiguous, right? They're still running away.
0: Yeah, th- this is just an arbitrary chapter point. They're just they're flaying into the uh, the uh, snot freezing cold.
1: Mm-hmm. And this is where we first of all get to uh, this is one I had not heard before who hadn't yet twigged to her true identity. This is Garen <laughs> with the uh, with Alora. Hadn't oh, no. twigged to her true identity. Now, I looked it up. It's, it's a real word. Have you ever used that or heard it anywhere?
0: Of course I haven't. <laughs> okay. And so, but, you know, we hadn't heard of tumbled to either, like, to mean the same thing, like, to to understood or figured out. And yet people wrote in being like, "Uh, well, my, you know, great uncle studied abroad in, uh, in England during the 60s, and I, uh, he would have you know that that was very common for about a month during that time, so...
1: Yeah, well, I'm not, uh, I'm not taking twigged either. I'm putting it in the same tumble-to category and, uh, you know, the fates be damned. We Settle can... down stamp? Yep. If we uh, meet in person and you want to try to convince me, uh, I'll give you three minutes. And then it's fists <laughs> are flying.
0: <laughs> yeah. Um, well, the, he, he hasn't twigged that, but this was, a, uh, this was another character who's not yet done something. You don't sound happy, Thorin told him, from where he was hunkered down by Alora. She was still dead to the world and that was starting to worry him. <laughs> <laughs> so if I'm ever uh, you know, if we if we finish a live show and you know in the in the in the car, riding back to, you know, our house in Nashville or something, if 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 I'm dead to the world when you put me in the car and then I'm still dead by the time we get back, and when that starts to worry you, I, I would take slight offense to that. Right. Uh, I might, you know, I might want you to be a little concerned about that the first time you notice I'm dead to the world, but <laughs> nope
1: no medical attention i'm sure he'll be fine
0: (laughs) and it's just starting to worry you let alone like you know trying to treat it with some sort of you know magic spell as we've seen him be able to use uh whenever the need suits him yes he can he resurrects people just fix her stop (laughs) take two minutes fix her and be on your way but no Uh, he doesn't do that instead he fishes another stick from his pouch and crunches absently which is just a uh, – I, I guess he's just eating uh eating the baby carrots that you can get as a as a substitute to french fries at McDonald's.
1: It's in those little yeah, the little plastic bags with the <laughs> uh the holes in them and so the water can drain out and yeah. <laughs> really gross. I was always uh it always shocked me to learn that the uh baby carrots are just, you know, put on a lathe and spun down to baby yeah, carrot size. Yeah. Like, well, that's, that's you, not, you, you you whittle
0: a carrot down. That's not a baby carrot, that's a, a hunk of yeah, that's a uh a lathed carrot. I read a, uh, I read something one time that was, I don't know, maybe someone who was either trying to reform school lunches or something, but they posited that baby carrots could be the ideal snack to, uh, you know, sort of trick kids into eating them. And one of the things they cited was that the orange color was so similar to like Cheetos or Doritos. Mm. And I was like, well, that maybe, sure, maybe if it was the demon child who had just regained her memory in a new world. But the very first time you bite into a carrot and it does not taste at all like a Cheeto, which tastes good, as opposed to a carrot, which tastes bad, you, uh, you know, that might not be something that a kid is, is, uh, you know, fool me once on.
1: Yes. I mean, whipped cream might look like uh, mayonnaise, but you take a spoonful, you're not going to be like, well, <laughs> I mean, it's the same right. color. I'm just going to yes. keep eating.
0: <laughs> the person did not think very highly of, you know, kids as a whole, I guess.
1: Right. Um, but uh, I think highly of the, the horses who are being tended to by the demon child. Okay. Because it says, by rights, the animals should have been in a sweat, responding to those elements of self, capitalized, that made her native kind anathema to more stable physical forms. Yet they accepted her as they would any ordinary person. <laughs> <laughs> just thought, good on the horses. It, I mean, it's not her fault that her dad's a floor demon. Right. And, and they're just like, look, you know. It's like uh, Schwarzenegger's dad was a Nazi. He's clearly not a Nazi.
0: I'm not going to hold it against him,
1: and I don't think horses should either. So I, I thought, good on them.
0: Yeah, I mean, you know, but she's she's not even sure. So um, I, I guess that the uh, Willow was walking underneath the horses here. Did, did it say that then?
1: Yeah, they're huge horses. Yeah. Yes.
0: Yeah. So I, I thought he was he was able to walk underneath with uh, with plenty of clearance, which you know I just my mind went to you know him being perfectly eye level with uh, some impressive horse junk it was i couldn't
1: i i figured you
0: were uh, I mean, eventually going to get there it's, it's put it right there <laughs> We get eight more sentences about how hideous Alora is, and yet none about uh, you know Willow turned around and was smacked in the face with a. Right. So. <laughs> um, I do want
1: to hear about the puppets in the Willowverse who have locking pins in their knee joints. Yes, because someone is dropping as though the locking pins had been similarly yanked from his joints, folding more neatly than an articulated puppet. <laughs> so the Willowverse has a rich puppet community. Right uh and sophisticated puppets who have locking pins in their knees I I I I want to see that show
0: Yeah I uh they they might act out the uh like the story of the first willow that could be a part of the lore High on a hill stood a lonely <laughs> yes. hurtly, hurtly. Yeah, yeah, they looked like those puppets in that, uh, in that short we did that was made by the same guy as that, which uh, were terrifying. And uh, I would take the locking pins out of their knees too if it would render them unable to chase me while I sleep. <laughs> no amount of carrot sticks would make me put up with that. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so pretty much the plot is that they essentially said, everyone's dead and also everyone had traveled to the kingdom so it was essentially like uh you know the all the dignitaries and like rulers had been here to witness this and this was essentially like a a devious plan to then wipe out all, all these people and thrust the realm into chaos uh, right
1: so this is like a yeah i mean i hate to invoke it but it's it's like a thousand 911s or something
0: yes yeah um, but they that's just to sort of if you're not following along that is where we're at in this story um the uh, The demon child turns out not to be all bad because she refers to you and those two awful oh no this is this is laura well, she, She's, she 's you know a pig child, but she 's not all bad. You and those two awful little men. her mouth twisted in disgust, which didn 't do wonders for her appearance, and then she says bug men, so she hates the brownies so i'm i 'm on board, but uh it is amazing that he he just continues to work in these digs about her the thirteen year old girl 's appearance it's uh yeah and it continues but so she's kicking the crap out of
1: him right the pig girl is uh-huh. and he's unable to comprehend it it says <laughs> his mind was vaguely aware of what was happening but all the wake-up connections hadn't been made the horses were hitched to the wagon but he lacked the reins to direct them which is an odd uh, way to put it because we were just had a description of horses and this has right. nothing to do with them but yeah whatever
0: but he uses another good metaphor upcoming to describe her memory, which has been, I think, attacked by the deceiver. It says, her memory was a mess, like a chalk pattern on a blackboard that some prankster had attacked with capricious abandon. Oh, boy. <laughs> <laughs> so it's not uh, not implacable abandon, but it's, uh, it's very similar. So I think that what he essentially says is that just someone took an eraser and, like, erased part of a, a drawing. So there's a weird... Um, missing parts but she does now remember that uh, willow came up dressed as a uh, you know uh, caterer and that you know she threw food at him in her in her bedroom right and what she's furious about is that she turned silver oh yeah yeah so she's also turned silver
1: yeah and Um, and so he pushes uh, he kind of tries to explain it or is like it's not me or whatever and then uh, she was awkward getting up too much belly (laughs) no reserves of strength (laughs) oh yeah you just can't uh, waste an opportunity to get a dig in at her yeah
0: it's amazing like you know we we wouldn't have uh we wouldn't have thought too good of her if she was just being a rude child throwing uh throwing plates and food at people we know she's she's not nice but then he just has to ug her up in order to really get the point across i guess
1: yeah and she's still as i understand she's still
0: stuffed into this whatever
1: the ceremonial gown right which has like layers and layers of clothing
0: and stuff on it some of it was burnt away when the deceiver blasted her with electricity but um yeah she's she uh, we later learned she has uh she has clothes on that are she doesn't want to wear twice Okay. Uh, but this was another good metaphor. Um, clouds had crept in while they slept. The sky was a mantle of sullen gray from end to end, as though some giant had spread his dirty eider down across the world. <laughs> Which personally, I, you know, it bugs the hell out of me when giants do that. So uh, I related to this. Um, eider down, I had to look it up, was the soft, small feathers from the breast of the female eider duck.
1: That's right. So, it's it's just down, Yes. Yes eider down um but the fact that's another painting a picture i wonder if the giants who spread their dirty eider down are they the ones going to those puppet shows and having a good time (laughs) that i'd love to know
0: right or when they uh when they you know are told to leave the puppet show because they insist on sitting in the front row and the kids behind them can't see them and then they're in a bad mood is that when they spread the dirty eider (laughs) down like it's sullen and gray so it's sort of like uh you know they're it's their pig pen cloud they leave everywhere Right.
1: Uh, So then. It's a rich,
0: magical world we are inhabiting. Yes.
1: Uh, And then Garen discovers who she is, right? Which I guess doesn't. As a plot point, I don't really know why we care.
0: Uh, Well, Garen shows up uh, having been captured by the salty lot, right? By like the the drunks from the tavern?
1: Yes, eventually, yes. Okay. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Um, Yeah. So, yeah, they, they push him over a hill. He's all bound up, right? Uh huh. These these guys who uh, who burp and and fart and drink disgusting beer right. have captured <laughs> them because they've seen the flyer. Yes, exactly. So you know we laughed, but
0: uh, you know
1: very effective because I figure this is just hours later. I mean, uh they, yeah. They rode through the night, kind of a thing, or whatever.
0: Yeah. So they printed them and got them posted, and like there's people probably still hanging up flyers in the East Bay or wherever he told them to go to, and yet they've uh, they're going to be for naught. And, uh, you know, you've heard those,
1: the ads on the radio where they, uh, they advertise radio advertising. Like, you want to get your message out to your people? Radio advertising. <laughs> uh, the Flyers, man. Holy moly. Right. They are very effective.
0: Yeah. Um, so the these guys saw them, and I guess he went to their bar looking for help or something, but they pretty much jumped him and, and, and uh, bound him up right away. And I guess they take them back to the bar.
1: Yes, that happens with one of those uh, tiny carriage returns. Yes, where it was very confusing for me on my ebook, there wasn't that did not exist, so I had to dive to the uh, the mass market paperback to confirm that. Oh yeah, no, this is there wasn't a big missing chunk. (laughs) They're just now they're in the in the uh, the bar, yeah. Uh, Which which they say the the amount of money I don't have it right in front of me, but I from memory it's like uh more than their entire village has made for like a thousand lifetimes or something right it was just
0: like you know a billion jillion gajillion dollars (laughs) right but it is like not a you know it's it's a very like you know the blue collarist joint there is so like you know I, i don't know if they're just like a washed up like mining town where the mine went dry or something
1: Yeah, so all all guys have to do is sit around and wait for the next flyer to come up.
0: (laughs) Uh, Described the the tavern thusly, The air inside the roadside alehouse was so thick with smoke and the stench of unwashed bodies that the breathing was sheer torture. To me, that sounded like uh, how Bridget would have reviewed O'Brien's in San Diego.
1: (laughs) You're you're maybe giving it too much credit. (laughs) Yeah, she was not a fan. Um, What what I missed from this, so they capture him and bring him back, and it says that they were uh, directing increasingly crude jibes at Willow. And and yet it's just, it's left there. Like, what are they, man?
0: (laughs) I want to hear these. They start off crude and then they get more crude. Right? Bet you could walk under a horse and inspect its junk at that height. (laughs) Oh,
1: that's pretty crude. Uh, Luckily, it's not going to get any cruder than that.
0: Uh, yeah, they're 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 like uh, they're they're nasty dudes. It says they were men to whom violence came as naturally as a heartbeat. The kind overeager to demonstrate their courage and prowess against those weaker than themselves. Mm-hmm. So essentially, like they're Oakland Raiders fans who are just sitting there, and they they talk about their how gross their beer is all day. Rot like, gut
1: beer that they burp all burp yeah. the foam off his rot gut beer.
0: I mean, we joke, but like you know. Uh, when I go to like a baseball game and the the Budweisers aren't special for five dollars, I'm like, well, that's better than paying fifteen dollars for something else. Right. You know, you can you can you know, you're not even choking it down. It's like so. I mean, I'm very curious how bad that must be. I bought uh, Lauren's dad uh, some old Billy beer one time for a uh, for a gift. Oh, so sealed talking, up. The sealed talking about Billy it. Beer. Yeah, it came yeah. brand new and. It, by the time it arrived, it had either like eaten through the cans or it burst. And I guess that could be what it was like. It was it was not even like resembling beer. It was definitely a cleaning product at this point in time. So I guess that could be what they're doing. And then again, though, that could be how the Billy Beer originally tasted.
1: I believe that was its reputation. Although, uh, yeah, I don't know. I never had. I was much too young for, for Billy Beer. But <laughs> the amount of time uh, spent talking about uh, Billy Carter while I was a kid was... <laughs> Oh, man. Far outsized to his, uh, you know, his impact upon the world.
0: <laughs> the conversation. Yeah, I mean, that was, yeah. Talk about, yeah, a simpler time, I guess. But he was just, you know, the the country version. Like, it was that sort of thing.
1: Yeah, exactly. My my uh, dad used to listen to a, a morning radio show that was very popular in Chicago. And I remember one morning, you know, eating my cereal and trying to read the cereal box. And guys were calling into this host going, I got a 12-pack that's sealed, of Billy beer, and I'm going to keep it. And uh, well, how, how much do you think that'll be worth in 10 years? And then they <laughs> sat for like an hour
0: speculating on guys. Wow. Oh, I, 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 I'm just going to go to school do not yeah. think about this anymore. Yeah, it was essentially like the Superman dies probably comic of its day where it's like, well, these are going to be valuable. And every single person thought that, so nothing was valuable about it.
1: Right. Guys were actually planning their retirements based on their uh, Billy beer. Not a good move.
0: <laughs> the presidential tradition of loser brothers though is a uh oh, you know it's great it's a, <laughs> it truly really is incredible
1: speaking of how's uh how's rooster uh, uh McConaughey? He, mcconaughey yeah
0: i mean we haven't gotten you know my google alert for rooster mcconaughey has not popped up an obituary yet so did he actually name his son uh miller light yeah, yeah. <laughs> so that he could
1: say uh, i'm holding miller light right now. <laughs> uh, uh, worth it worth it um by the way In the middle of this, we learn that Willow is tired. (laughs) He can't do, he's, you know, thinking about how he's going to get his own hands out of his, you know, bondage, Mm -hmm. but he can't do the other people because he's tired. And I just like, when are we going to get the the sentence? Willow was fresh as a daisy. Woke, uh, well rested. Ready to embrace the day. Top of his game. He had just brushed his teeth and he just felt good.
0: Yeah. we know he's tired he ram he he wanders the earth and sleeps on the ground and he he fights and does magic and we i don't think he's slept the entire book so you know we'll take it as a given
1: right i i picture is he's a little bit like uh, that's how bruce willis always comes off to me he's always <laughs> just been beaten up and he's always just weary and right i guess i'll do another scene here we go <laughs> that's willow so yeah he's tired but he still manages to uh, to throw a spell or two
0: right uh, well, this was a—we uh, get some backstory as to how they captured Garen, and this this put me on high alert immediately. It says the only reason they'd made a move against Garen, it turned out, was that the Pathfinder was too weary from his own travails to realize his danger until the bung starter clapped him upside his head. Mm-hmm. And so I, I you know— I, haha ha, like i'm you know i'm like but I, what, I was curious what what does that mean we eventually do get a description but uh, it reminded me there was a there was a very poor man's uh, sierra adventure game called hugo's house of horrors that like you know when my dad was like we don't need a nintendo we've got this computer it can play games this one's good enough here who, hugo's house of horrors and one of the it's like you know you go around you find stuff you know typing in like pick up doormat and very early on you just found a bong Oh, yeah, which I, I don't think I got too much further past that, but uh you know it, there was there was a uh, that was bungs were very commonly referenced on Beavis and Butthead in the uh, in the bunghole way, so it was a it always made me nervous as a 13 year old
1: I think there are bung holes in Shakespeare, I'm <laughs> pretty sure yeah, it is I mean that's it's a mallet that's,
0: right because you
1: yeah you, the the bung starter is the mallet, the bung hole is the yeah the thing in which the sort of large cork goes in the side of a barrel
0: right, so yeah that's what uh that's what garin the uh the swordsman got taken out with um uh taking a prisoner
1: alive by smashing him in the head with a bung I mean this is a very heavy wooden
0: sledgehammer, I'm assuming right. <laughs> well, maybe they knocked him unconscious, and then uh you know an hour later, when he continued to appear uh, appear dead, that started to alarm them
1: right <laughs> so what happens over the course here, and if you have anything, stop me, but I'm just going to sum up. Uh, the, the main crude guy who's burping his rot gut all over and farting and scratching his genitals and everything. And, uh, you know, yellow teeth with, uh, you know, scum all over his, coated with scum on his (laughs) tongue and everything starts. Great guy though. Great guy. (laughs) I mean, this guy is a real jerk. (laughs) Uh, he, uh, he notices, uh, Corey is starting to look pretty good to him. Uh Oh God. Yeah. So we clearly get that. And then, uh. Uh, Garen tries to object. Garen is bound up on the ground. His ribs are broken. Blood is bubbling from his mouth. And they occasionally like turn and put a foot into his ribs so his broken, shattered rib shards like dig into his lungs and more blood bubbles out of his mouth uh, as he tries to stop the upcoming rape. And I just thought, Willow! (laughs) <laughs> here we are we're not sliding down a hill anymore on a on a shield or anything going whoa like a you know a, a disney movie dean jones and uh you know riding yeah. around in uh the the wonder bug or something Yeah, the
0: shaggy dog is not driving the car anymore
1: yeah this is uh
0: this is some dark stuff yeah i mean you know it has a dakini hitching up his pants and swaggering the length of the bar to the cheers and applause of his fellows and then he, like, he, you know, starts groping her under the shirt and under the trousers. And it says it was, he put his lips on hers. It was a long kiss. And when he was done, she looked the worst for it, which, you know, grim stuff, but, like, kind of a funny mental image. Just even <laughs> even kissing him, she looks the worst for it. Like, this is not going to go well.
1: Well, once um, again, is he a Komodo dragon and his saliva has uh, you know, toxins, <laughs> toxins in him? Toxins in it?
0: um uh it also talks about how uh how they looked when they brought them in and this was just so this is the the 13 year old girl that they are bringing into the into the thing it says the uh the captors slapped in place a leather mask that covered the whole of her head leaving alora able to breathe but not to speak or see a broad belt weight went against her waist with buckles to secure her wrist behind her back and once they'd reached the tavern she was shackled to a ring bolt on the wall with a set of hobbles on the ankles as insurance yeah good willow (laughs) Willow. she's essentially the gimp that they keep uh to in the pulp fiction basement
1: yeah you when you read that description like whatever is happening next is is going to be the worst thing
0: (laughs) but so yeah so just uh, some quick hits it says much was made on their arrival of a flyer that a post writer had brought during the night so fresh from the printer that the ink had partially smudged in transit so they're back baby um and I assume they're getting a, you know, maybe 10% back on
1: that cuz your ink was smudging on the way. I mean, we barely oh. <laughs> got them. I'm sorry, man. We should have blotted it more. We right. we, we screwed up. It was, it was a new guy and I had right. to hire you're, extra help and
0: But come on, man. That 10% is going to come out of my paycheck. You're getting like the richest, you a reward that's greater than all the gems in your ground. Still want it? Right. Bad service. You should have thought about that. You're, Not you're, my problem. You're giving him like chests
1: of emeralds and uh and my fee is like, you know, $180.
0: Come on, man. Not my problem. I mean, you know, <laughs> if you're if your printing materials aren't up to snuff, I mean, that's uh the capitalism's going to snuff you out anyway, so you better get ahead of it. Learn to code, man. One of my workers died on his horse riding to that far village where you know. I mean, I've lost personnel
1: and everything. Gonna
0: gonna stir my rot gut beer with his gross flyer. I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> <laughs> it's gonna use it as a straw. Uh, but yeah, so that's Mallow and Simia, who are the gross uh, characters. Um, and just in case uh, you were worried that the uh, that we were gonna get a Chekhov's, uh bung starter going. That is a uh, it rears its head again because that is how uh, uh, the demon child I believe uh, frees himself. Frees herself. She hops up with feline grace over the bar. I assume scuttles crab like along it and then uh, grabs the bung starter, essentially a broad headed headed mallet on a double handed haft used to hammer spigots into beer barrels. Um, so he uh, he explained that the second time. I don't yes. know why. <laughs>
1: Yeah, you can't just throw out a bung starter, not mention it, then the second time it comes up, then you get a description of what it is. Uh, that's <laughs> It's it's it clearly
0: yeah, him uh, him forgetting it was in there the first time. But I felt foolish reading this because I I forgot that there was a uh, there was like a hit song on the radio when I was like in high school um about bung starters. And uh, I had forgotten about it until like this sort of like oh, really? triggered that memory. Yeah, yeah, hmm. uh, yeah. It was um I forget I forget the band's name, but it was like all over the this you know this era where there was like they were playing sort of like uh, electronic music on on alternative radio. So I, I'll play a clip from it. Bung Bung Bung, bung.
1: Wow, yeah, that's that. That is not a common word. I'm surprised they went with that.
0: Yeah, I. I mean, it was a. Yeah, it was massive. So I. It's, it's strange that I forgot that. But uh, yeah, but the prodigy was the name of the band. So.
1: Hmm, hmm, bung, bung starter. Yeah.
0: <laughs> um. But yeah, they. So they sort of go. They. They go nuts once she starts hitting people with the bung starter. We got another imitation challenge coming for you. Because uh, mm. Thorne sees one man clutch his groin and heard another utter a rau laul lau, ululation as a swarm attacked his backside.
1: Hmm. I had the same thing for you, so I'm glad right. that this is up. Uh, who wants to go first with the?
0: Uh... I'll. I mean, I'll give it a shot. So it's rau lal but also a ululation. So I think it's a.
1: Hmm. Okay. Yeah. That's a little higher than I thought, but... oh uh,
0: Well, it, I mean, he's, a swarm is attacking his backside.
1: That is true. That is true. Let me, uh, let me see if I can do it. Uh, this is the uh, magic torture
0: dust, right? Uh, yes, which I guess turns into some sort of like... Um, it, yeah, magic torture dust. Sure. <laughs> I don't think yeah. we owe it any more uh, dignity than that. It, uh, uh, I was surprised that the dust went for his backside. But, but
1: you know, <laughs> all right. But yes, a, a Raul-laul ululation. Wow! wow. <laughs> sounds
0: like you're in a lot of pain there <laughs> i was. I when i'm in pain that's that's what happens <laughs> um and he's about to he whips out his uh, magic acorn that he's about to turn everyone to stone with but it turns out he doesn't need to do that because as we were all predicting uh the uh the the otter man falls through the ceiling the smooth
1: Dim- Yep, Stimpy. No, Rin. Rin comes. <laughs> yes. He uh, Rin he Taxamanian. does the uh, FBI uh, rope ropes into the ceiling.
0: Yeah. Uh-huh.
1: It's pretty um, it's pretty cool. Oh, before that though, um Willow when he was getting up, he stumble staggered. So that's just a thing now. That is fully <laughs> a thing. God, damn it. Oh. <laughs> <sighs> uh yeah, so Rin comes in and it's basically like um Batman crashing through a skylight. Yes, and he just takes out everyone and and I just was like Wait, what was the physical description of these guys? I pictured like slim little otter men.
0: Yes. Uh, They they had like one, like a a belt of something that they, you know, that covered their junk or something. Or maybe we imposed that on it. I don't remember. But he was, yeah, they, they swim and they're equally well on the water. But last we saw, I guess, he was taken off on the boat with Morag.
1: Yeah. And now he's rappelling in. And kicking
0: some ass. <laughs> yeah, so uh, keep in mind, uh, just, just apropos of absolutely nothing. This reminded me of something, but um, see if it reminds you of anything. So, uh, keep in mind, uh, Chris Claremont, um, he worked on a little series of comics called The X-Men.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So um, just I, I don't think that has much bearing on this, but just keep keep in mind um, that as I read this for you. Uh, Rin had claws, but he preferred knives, three in each hand. Held between clenched and folded figure fingers, and he used them with wild, madcap abandon. So just picture that: picture three knives, sort of you know where your knuckles are, three in each hand. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, okay. it just it, it sounded familiar to me. I couldn't I couldn't place it. I know that Claremont worked on um, the X Men comics, so I don't know that could be something that like you know uh, Cyclops or Iceman. I, I
1: I don't know. Yeah, losses. I know what he was
0: I know what he was going for, but what yeah. I
1: pictured was. Like, a again, a, a four-foot, you know, otter. And, and when he said knives, I'm like, well, you know, a little otter clutching at things. Like, I don't know. I can't. More than, like, those little box cutters, the little flat ones that you use. <laughs> so he wasn't getting me to where he wanted me to go. That's all right. I'm going to say.
0: <laughs> um, but, yeah, he used them in wild madcap abandon, but never to draw blood, Thorn saw from the start. Most of the wounds that followed came from one thug striking another by mistake. So it's, he uses his sword sort of like uh, the Ninja Turtle uses their sword. He never Leonardo never cuts a guy. He sort of just always hits a guy with the butt end of it because it's a children's cartoon, so he can't be cutting guys' heads off. Yeah, but, I wondered
1: uh, why he did this. Do we, He's protecting the, the uh, uh, I don't know, the pacifist image of Rin, which I didn't even know anything <laughs> about him. If he was cutting their guts open, I'd be like, okay, that's... That seems like Rin, but sure, no, he's, exactly. He's cutting their suspenders off, and they're going like they're crossing their legs and going ooh. And another, <laughs> and then another guy hits him in the head accidentally with a chair, and that's that's how he's taking them all out.
0: Yeah, he he shows up, and they go three stooges. It says by the time his foes reacted, the damage was done. Their laces slashed, pants around their ankles, cloaks pitched over their head. So yeah, it just becomes slapstick all of a sudden. Um, But he does
1: something here when he looks over at
0: Willow. And again, I want...
1: How does this work? Uh, Already taken care of, said Rin, with a smile to his voice to make up for the one the shape of his mouth couldn't seem to manage. (laughs) So is it just because he has like the little otter mouth? And and maybe they... I mean, they always look like they're kind of perpetually smiling, right? Yeah,
0: otters seem like one of the happier animals.
1: Yeah. So I, I don't know what his mouth is not able to make a smile. Wasn't that a, uh, a Shatlart thing for what seemed like it? Kind of seemed like a smile or something. What was the term that he used?
0: Yeah. Oh, yeah. It was. What In was what it? Had to yeah. pass for a smile or something? something that Gomez was always doing. Yeah. Oh, I don't know. Um, maybe he's just like it's like uh, he's like Rambo where he's just like you know he's he's jaded by the horrors of war where he's like he he I want I want to smile Thorne, but I've seen too many things too many pants around ankles. I Too mean, many look at my friends fir- striking their friends, making a comical noise as they that's hit right. him with a mallet. I,
1: I mean, look at my hair—it's not even lacquered down anymore.
0: <laughs> my, my satchel—it's barely covering my junk because of the. It was slightly disturbed when I sprayed that guy with the uh, flower that's not a real flower, but it just sprays out water when you lean in to smell it. <laughs>
1: Uh, my, uh, my hand buzzer, man, it broke a long time ago and
0: I have to do it myself. Yeah. Slapstick. That's, it's not a word I've heard in a long time. I... <laughs> uh, but yeah, so he was, he says that the horses are already taken care of. They're saddled, ready and waiting. So as, uh, as, as, as marshmallow or whatever was hitching up his pants and, and groping the other guy. Uh, Thorin is just uh, feeding the horses sugar cubes and being like, shh, shh, shh. <laughs> right. Wern is here. I've uh, I've got this for you. So it's like glad you didn't uh, burst in through the skylight a minute or two earlier, man. I think the maybe we could have put the bits in the horse's mouth after we had saved her. But all right, whatever.
1: Right. Meanwhile, um, garen has fully bled out. Uh, <laughs>
0: yes, really.
1: <laughs> he's got what do they call it? The sucking chest wound, where that <laughs> means that a lung is collapsed and really <laughs> only a few minutes. <laughs> oh
0: that rubber bung really uh, really really caved his chest in man it's too bad it has such a hilarious name because it could do some damage
1: <laughs> um and at some point and i don't have it in context but a looker is uh add that to the list. <laughs> yes of spells. yeah
0: yeah he had morag put me ashore uh, this is him explaining i guess how he got there why well he had a, she had a dream cast a looker then this is not part of the quote. A pr- it's essentially a parenthetical that the author says, a prescient trance to see what's what. I'll wager any odds. Their trackers are warded, capital W, so they can see past any glamours. So just full-on gibberish at this point in time.
1: Yeah, that that I said, I wrote that down and just
0: said, go to hell on that. Like- <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, Morag cast a looker that pointed out to her that the trackers are warded which means they can see past any glamours. So minor glamours, major glamours, they can see past any of them because of their trackers being warding.
1: Uh, again, these different people seeing different things is a terrible idea in a book. <laughs> yes. I mean, maybe, you know, we can understand a cloak where you're invisible or whatever. But uh, these these multiple levels, again, of uh, spells and glamours and he can see and she can't, is it's a big loser in my book.
0: Yeah, so the the uh, rough guys essentially said, hey, maybe the reward is not worth it because this chick is silver and maybe that silver, if she is actually silver, is worth more than the money they're going to give us. So she looks like you know an android essentially she looks like a liquid metal terminator yeah she's liquid metal
1: mm-hmm. <laughs> and so they don't know what she's made of but they think that someone might buy her as raw stock material like what are they going to go over to the battery factory and oh she's <laughs> yeah. she's cadmium
0: yeah i'll yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll buy her well, yeah, these are rough guys, so they've clearly have uh you know burst into an office building and ripped out the copper wiring and stuff and sold it to a guy for pennies on the dollar. So they they know the guy who would buy this if there was such a guy. Yeah, they've uh you
1: know backed their trucks over those uh, sprinkler valves and then just towed them away. Uh for sure.
0: Yeah. <laughs> um so the uh they this is a very strange thing. I am positive you do not have an answer, but it says Wren is the otter man. It says, Even as Wren spoke, his words struck a discordant note in Thorn, and for the most obvious and glaring of reasons, because for being far and more at home at sea than on land, this particular weir was leading them through the forest like a born woodsman. Still in all, he hadn't lied. He might be the sole exception that proved the rule, that rare sport who walked between both domains. Something else about him was familiar. The pattern of his speech, the way he carried himself. So what on earth are they imply? Are they implying?
1: I I mean I assume that he's something else. He's cast. He's the deceiver he's, or something. Uh,
0: okay, yeah. That's I mean that's the only thing I could imply. But like, if there's something about him that's familiar, it's because you were hanging out on a boat with him three days ago, right?
1: Yeah, it was a very clumsy way to say what I think we all are, are going to get to is he's not himself, and maybe he's the deceiver's cousin or something. Right. Um, but I
0: thought I also thought that when they introduced these otter people, they said like they're yeah, they're they're cool in the water and on land. You know, they were you know and we were like, Why is this a thing if he's amphibious? Like why <laughs> that's not the way these works. Things are things need to be the water people and then the sand people type of thing.
1: Right. And and but did the, he did this uh uh weir what are they? Weir and he's rin, is that how it works?
0: Yeah, it's, and it's, it's, it's the
1: worn people. Yes. Um he had to leave He was raising some uh, Dakini children, right? Didn't they often leave their children with the, with the, with the Wern? And so. They
0: teach them to, they babysat them and taught them to swim or something.
1: Right. So he had to, you know, leave a babysitter at home to go rappel through this uh, tavern uh, (laughs) skylight and save these people. So.
0: So what are the theories we have about how he was able to track them down? Um, Was he at the printer and saw, he was getting flyers printed up for like Weirfest uh, 2020, and then he saw these guys getting printed, so he followed the printer who delivered the flyer to the hideous tavern.
1: I think, yeah, he was selling a boat motor because um, <laughs> he'd gotten a new one and, uh, yeah, he was just putting up a flyer for that and
0: like, oh, oh yeah, I know where those guys are. <laughs> um, So, yeah, that we're left to puzzle that, but I, yeah, I guess we're, you know, Thorne's suspicions are raised and they, they have to be raised for a reason because this is not a not a very good book. So he takes them
1: the fake Rin or the real Rin, who, you know, TBD, um, takes them to a little hot spring. Yeah. And then there's sort of a, a weird conversation about, well, this is new, Thorne observed. <laughs> hot springs in general or this one in particular? <laughs> a uh, a sentence that has never been uttered by any human uh, or mythical creature ever.
0: Yeah. Who says that?
1: Rare? Uh Wren? wren asks thorn is curious of like this is new a hot spring <laughs> is new to him yes and he his response is hot springs in general or this <laughs> one in particular <laughs> and then there's some theorizing about maybe the uh, earth moved and this is a new one or something mm-hmm. um, but anyway they they use this hot spring to good advantage they took advantage of the steaming mineral water to mix both soup and poultice. <laughs> the latter was exclusively for Garen, the former he made sufficient for all. <laughs> so they're drinking the stuff up while they're pouring it on Garen's chest. <laughs> his wound is soaking in their soup and he's <laughs> they're like, I mean, this is, this is delicious. And it's, uh, and it's healing his wound over there, which right. actually happens then. They say that
0: yeah and like you know there's no demon child you know accidentally taking a spoonful of poultice and him you know smacking the spoon out of her hand being like, that is just for garen <laughs> <laughs> uh and you know if i if I showed up at one of these things with the girl who was thirteen uh you had thought was dead for many hours uh when it turned out she wasn't, she had turned silver, and this was all then she'd been you know bound and gagged in a gimp mask, and the silverness had happened because of some ice fire. If I were playing, you know, an adventure game like Hugo's House of Horrors, I would say take girl who got frozen and turned into silver and put her in the hot springs because that's just, you know, that's adventure game logic 101. Uh, You have something ice damaged, put it in the heat not silver anymore bam mm. um, yeah and
1: pull a uh, pull a satisfying uh, satisfying carrot out of your bag and crunch it away <laughs> as she thaws out yep
0: <laughs> um, but yeah and also the soup does he have just sort of like uh little packets of like Lipton instant broth
1: yeah, I I assume uh well he does one where he uses the ranch dressing. Surprisingly does a good job <laughs> when you do it with uh with steaming mineral water. It actually uh it tastes pretty good. It's a little more creamy.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, you pretty much just want the the sodium from something when yeah, you're it's
1: MSG, half of it's MSG, <laughs> which is delicious.
0: Well, uh we this is where we start to get into some serious uh sacred princess shaming um, you know, I, it delighted me to no end because it just is so over the top and unnecessary. Oh, uh,
1: but before that though, just, okay. there's one paragraph about him. He, they are, they're all, um, enthusing at his mineral water soup. <laughs> and uh and even
0: cory who's like she hasn't eaten anything ever yeah, right exactly come on yeah <laughs> this is the best mineral water soup i've ever tasted well i understand the baseline is non-existent but yeah, i still you take are, it as a compliment
1: you are damning me with faint praise but uh fair enough and then he begins a revel a reverie of saying i had a good teacher <laughs> his words were gentle the emotions behind them far less so was his mo- and uh and it's so it's the brownies taught him to cook uh, yeah and he uh, he starts crying over that. And in, <laughs> in the description of how he taught them, they act like total dicks to him.
0: Yeah, it's amazing.
1: <laughs> and, then, and then he just talks about them with uh, and literally a tear rolls down his cheek and Corey is wiping it away as he kind of comes out of his reverie of my dear, dear abusive friends who taught <laughs> me to make a mediocre soup from steaming water.
0: Yeah, it taught them, like, you know, they, he described them as, like, gourmands or something. Mm-hmm. A self-styled gourmet of the highest, highest discernment. He never let an opportunity pass to revel in the abyss, abyssal depths of Thorne's ignorance of the culinary arts.
1: They proved to be foul taskmasters and worse teachers, but he persevered, watching <laughs> and listening. And then from that, a tear falls out of his the <laughs> eye.
0: They really were a-holes. So, were they cooking themselves? I mean, because they are—you know—they're the size of uh, this carrot stick he's eating. So, like, if they were—if they were, like, you know, we're going to prepare you a real, uh, you know, souffle or something like this. Like, he's like, it's going to take absolutely forever for them to get this done. You know, yeah, they're even, I mean, adding I guess, in like, you know, chunks of garlic one by one because that's all they can carry.
1: I, I picture, you know, course after course of that, uh, you know, cliched 80s uh, giant plate with a, th- you know, thimble-sized bit of food in the middle of it. And uh, <laughs> they, they just ate for hours, I guess. It's like, it's going to be another couple hours for
0: the next course, but, uh, you know, relax, sit back. Yeah. We'll- all they've done is, is treat him like garbage and uh, make terrible quips. But I guess it's a, a Stockholm syndrome because he's he's uh, very sad to see them go. And I'm sure we'll be relieved when they somehow turn up the next time they crash through a skylight or something. Right. right.
1: Uh, but now let's dive in. Yeah, to, uh, let's the, do it. The thing that's uh, truly unbelievable. As I told you uh, off air if if i had known that this were coming i might have been a little more enthusiastic about each of the readings
0: <laughs> right yeah uh, you i'm never not gonna know. say
1: it's worth it but uh but it's pretty spectacular
0: no it would be a, you know it'd be so after reading these descriptions it's funny to imagine these clowns clearly thought this might be something that would be a uh, potentially a movie and you know we've heard whispers that there's going to be a sequel a willow series coming to disney plus or whatever but <laughs> when they were auditioning you know the Um, I don't know who like the, any of the girls from like little women or something like that. Um, they're like, we want to audition you for the sacred princess role. Um, they'd be like, well, that's an honor. And then they read, you know, these descriptions being like, well, absolutely not. (laughs) Like, um, so this is the first one of them that we get here. He swung his cloak off his own shoulders and onto hers, raising it, raising its hood to cover her head. Is that better? I still want to know where I'm going. Her voice took on a pouty quality that was ferociously unattractive. (laughs) Probably made her minders want to slap her silly.
1: (laughs) Wow, yes. I I liked the uh, uh, ventriloquist dummy uh, thing, like putting it to the side, made her minders want to slap her silly. (laughs) Like, come on, man. Admit (laughs) right right now you want to just start
0: slapping. Right. Um, And, you know, it's a cliche. It's what we've we've all seen it before, like the, the princess in space balls. You know, it's one of those just like, um, reluctantly taking on with these rogues, and they 're sick of her uh, highfalutin manners and stuff, but uh, this is just takes it to the next level of actual wishing her abuse and uh being sickened by her presence yes well she uh <laughs> she doesn 't come off any better
1: in the next few paragraphs i, I don 't have the specifics I just the overview to me was just so funny
0: um yeah, so they the this says uh he he realizes that she she wants her privacy. And so I thought that might be like she needs a cry. She just is weirded out by the Otter Man. Um, She doesn't know uh, who this guy with a poultice on his chest was. No. um, She just needed to take a dump. (laughs) (laughs) And Willow has used insight to determine this. He says, (laughs) There was a little niche below the pool protected by a shelf of its own. He twisted the air slightly to waft a steady stream of warmth inside from the steam rising off the pool. Not an ideal toilet but far better than they had any right to expect on the run.
1: Wow. Yeah. Yep. We get uh, the sacred princess, 13 years old, dropping the deuce <laughs> right into the soup water.
0: Yeah. So, yeah, that's the... Also, you know, we, you know we've, I've done my share of backpacking. There's instructions about, like, try to bury it this far in a hole, cover it back up, pack out your toilet paper type of thing. Willow's just like these waters have to be connected at some point in time the first time this like rains and it overflows you've contaminated your beautiful hot spring with the uh, sacred uh, princess crap
1: garen's going to be like uh, i saw a stink pickle floating in our soup water what is uh, what's happening there
0: <laughs> right he's, he's like this poultice actually greatly infected my wound it's like what what did you put in here like uh, so yeah bizarre
1: Uh very bizarre and in the middle of it a he like sees the the dress being made he has the vision you know i forget his insight whatever yeah. he touches her gown and wave after wave of image of the people making it with with love and craft and everything and so take a squat right over there and <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's just right. very very odd right this uh this particular patch of lace one uh one woman worked for eight months on this uh Four inch square, so we'll uh, we'll rip two of them off, and then it'll be like two ply. <laughs> but she, he he actually even questions whether she knows uh, what what toilet paper is. It says Alora simply stood there, almost at attention, even the straight parts of her clutched as tightly as her fists. The need to speak as absolute as the determination not to. He wondered suddenly if she knew what to do. Mark of the maker, he thought in horror. She can't led have that led that sheltered of a life. So yeah, he's just assuming people have just been taking care of this for her all the way up to thirteen. Oh boy, and I, I hate to raise
1: this issue. This this isn't this kind of a show, uh, as you know. But uh, this is <laughs> despite been, my best efforts. Yes, this has been a while. Um, how is she impacted? Is this how's is this is this going well <laughs> for her? Oh God,
0: yeah. Maybe I, he needs her her own uh, poultice or something to to free it up. I uh
1: I remember this is a a very brief period when you when you have children but all of you who have will will look back on this with uh I don't know it's it's certainly not fondness but the yeah. age after nodding your, acknowledgement your children are uh toilet trained as it were but they are not able to uh to uh do what uh, Alora was unable to do and so you <laughs> cries from the bathroom dad <laughs> Wipe me,
0: <laughs> yes. It is just
1: the worst. Yeah. When when that was over, I I think I threw a party. I was
0: like, man, that was. It was a dark time in our life. And from the you, you you clink your glass at that party to thank everyone for coming, to you to forgive you for having been sort of on edge and a wreck for the past you know eight months or something, and that is of course interrupted by a the sound of regression from the bathroom <laughs> Right, <laughs> it happened again oh no yeah so she evidently had her had a royal uh, butt wiper and uh didn't know uh didn't know what to do in this situation so you would think that the man who's able to uh you know rent mountains asunder with his magic might be able to fix that as well but uh we'll, we're left to wonder
1: uh it just yeah it just kind of uh it drifts away from it, right? The uh, the indelicacy of whatever's happening. Uh. Yeah,
0: it's it's we're 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 left to theorize on our own for that, as maybe we uh, maybe our fanfic writers will do in the future. Oh dear. Uh, so he <laughs> he hands her. He's got another outfit for. Her? Well, yeah, because she says uh, she says you know she's holding her clothes and saying I don't wear clothes twice. And Willow thinks, oh, well, you do now. But yeah, he had another outfit. We're spared the detailed description we were of uh, the demon child. So we're not sure exactly what she's going to put on here, but she does say they're ugly. And to emphasize the point, she made a supremely ugly face. The joke was on her, of course, was that it wasn't a whole lot different from the expression she usually <laughs> wore. I just wrote, Holy shit. This is yeah. incredible. It is like a, a ventriloquist dummy, but it's uh, man. We need, we, we need a picture. <laughs>
1: Uh yep. That was my uh, that's my last note of this chapter, just triple underlined. Like, yeah. My uh,
0: goodness. I, I, yeah, like you said, that almost made it worth it when I read that.
1: So yeah, the the uh the princess who just uh you know took a took a groaner. Um is also <laughs> we have to, you know, put it right out there that she's uglier than a mud fence. Yes. Very unpleasant. She's got a belly hanging out. <laughs> <laughs> Right, been called a pig (laughs)
0: Um, Yeah Uh, But yeah, I mean the supremely ugly face Maybe if she was just straining to get that one out there She sort of just like, her face froze that way Like your mom would always warn you
1: Uh, Since I didn't wipe My face is going to stay this way for a long time
0: (laughs) 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 Yeah, her face remained a visual uh, representation Of the stink emanating from her backside From the decades of unwiped Uh, I don't know
1: (laughs) There's going to be some sort of, uh, he's going to invent a kind of uh, magical fly that follows her around.
0: And... <laughs> well, she, she turns it on him. She snarls. I want nothing, she snarled, except to be rid of you forever. And I added in here, here. Um, and the chapter ends with uh, Gurn, I mean, sorry, with Wern. Sorry, Wren, saying, <laughs> <laughs> saying they're coming from the south, sweeping the peninsula from shore to shore. Not just with men and hounds. I could taste the forces bound to them. Seekers from among the Vale folk. We have to find another way. Run or hide or fight. It makes no difference. If we stay on land, we're done. So this is uh this is how uh the Otterman is trying to get them back to the water. Which I mean sounds good to me. They seem suspicious, but um he's uh he's luring them back to morag's boat i guess Uh, yeah that's where that's where we leave off is so that was him who saw the vision of all the riders uh i think so oh i think so i uh, you know i could i could find that out but i believe that was otterman
1: okay all right uh did he drop the knives where does he keep the knives
0: uh, he he probably goes snicked and they retract back into his hand uh, from uh, from how he brandishes them. I don't know. Uh, the fact that he doesn't really use them means uh, maybe he doesn't need them. So yeah. All right. Well, that takes us through chapter ten in this thing, and that put us out where? Like we got yeah we got we got we got one hundred and fifty more. So. It's two two fifty nine. Well, I'll look. That in, put us know. out at three hundred or so. So yeah, um, yeah. I think the total count is four fifty four. A number that is seared into my. It looms in the distance like the Dark Tower to Roland. It is. Uh, <laughs> uh, I just see four fifty four forever on the horizon, never getting any smaller, never getting any closer. It's Zeno's paradox. Yep, we only get halfway <laughs> there. We keep getting halfway there. God. But uh, until then, we have uh, we have some uh, emails we can read we am the bottom. We go to the game. We
1: ain't
0: going to the Sure, they're all
1: I love this book. Uh, can't wait for volume two. For
0: wow. A, how, how desperately naive of you. You're, you're optimistic no. as this as this new year dawns. Hmm. Now we, well, I mean you will read the first one. You can judge for yourself. This is from John. The overblown prose in this book is exhausting. It's like listening to Ingve Malmsteen go off on a bagpipe solo. Oh, I like I, that. That's good. I now know how that guy that Dick Cheney shot in the face feels. John, <laughs> sincerely yours, a beaten down Patreon supporter.
1: <laughs> so
0: yeah, so that's a uh, two two references to uh, really put a put a cap on how he feels there. Ingve
1: Malmsteen is not invoked often, and I like every time that it is. I like it. <laughs>
0: Uh, and then we got a couple more who are uh, who are sort of giving us some more information about uh, Chris Claremont, the Mont part of, the Clue part of Lucas, the Mont part of Luke Mont. This is from Jill. I'm not sure if you can blame Lucas for all the creepy stuff in Shadow Moon. Chris Claremont has a reputation for putting his weird sexual fetishes into his work and becomes even worse in prose. For example, one time he wrote a superhero novel featuring original characters. One of the male characters was transformed into a woman, raped multiple times, and then, what do you know, miscarried. Thanks a heap, Grandpa Chris. Holy moly. <laughs> so, yeah, that's, you know, eye-opening, wow. I guess.
1: Makes a, uh, a hot spring number two look a little tame.
0: <laughs> this one's from Alex. He says, one element from Claremont's X-Men run that has become somewhat awkward in retrospect is his handling of the character of Kitty Pride. A 13-year-old girl, he nonetheless chose to depict her in a relationship with a much older man. Furthermore, her character was awkwardly sexualized, including being nearly sexually assaulted several times. You had to look at the awkward sections of Shadow Moon regarding Alora Dannon with this in mind, and it's hard not to see the comparison. Mm. So maybe she was like nearly sexually assaulted, but then the guy saw a man that had been turned into a woman and went off to, uh, I don't know. I, dicey uh, turf
1: but then came a character in and uh, snipped someone's suspenders and down came his clown <laughs> pants
0: yes he came in through the ceiling and uh, hit him with a bung <laughs> in the crutch one more uh, from lucas he says apologizes for missing the last reading deadline but i noticed something in the reading that made me realize i need to inform slash warn you of something on page 248 Alora thinks the devil with protocol and procedure this is important because for decades chris claremont has replaced the word hell with devil to the point of parody x-men will shout what the devil when something weird happens like they were nigel bruce i'm surprised it took 250 pages for one to pop up but i'm surprised i'm suspect it won't be the last so keep your eyes peeled
1: uh i need to ask after that which i agree with totally uh your knowledge of Nigel Bruce? How does <laughs> how does that work out for you?
0: I just you know sort of read it and didn't realize what it was saying and don't know who it means.
1: He he was the uh, the old uh, Doctor Watson, like the, from uh, Basil Rathbone. Okay. So the the bumbling sort of you know big walrusy mustache. <laughs> what
0: the yeah. devil? Yeah, Because so. yeah, what the devil's a uh, I, I, that's a real term. So yes. He looks a little like uh, Cliff Clavin, it seems.
1: Oh, did you look up Nigel Bruce? Yeah. Oh yeah, is okay. it young? He was in um, Suspicion, the Hitchcock movie. It's oh, okay. uh, yeah, yeah with uh, Cary
0: Grant. He played opposite Cary Grant. Wow. All right. So, uh, good. Always good to discuss something good on this uh, on this podcast to right. balance out right. the two hours of garbage. <laughs> <laughs> we start with Van Gogh and end up with Nigel Bruce and Hitchcock. Right. Uh, this last email is I was found very intriguing. Um, you let me how what you think we should respond from Gabriel. Dear sir, good day. May we use this opportunity to propose to you a contract order that is available for supply now. An organization under the Ministry of Higher Education Cameroon, MindSup, has opened a contract order for the supply of one million pieces of T-shirts to them. These T-shirts would be used for direct and positive behavioral change among the youths of the country and region. It has been observed that youths wear T-shirts that have negative words and designs on them, which go on to affect their behaviors negatively. This project is aimed at directly tackling that anomaly. Below are the initial details of the order. Product, T-shirts. Quantity, 1 million pieces. <laughs> Duration of contract, 8 months. Port of destination, Douala Seaport, Cameroon. Payment term, bank, T slash T up front. Principal buyer, organization, under MindSup. As a local agent, which is deeply rooted here, we have the capacity and the capability to push for and secure this contract order for your company. We only require that you pay us a commission of 2% of the total invoice value of the order at the end when you must have received your order payment. If you can handle this order and are willing to pay our commission all the end, then please reply with your affirmation so we will send you the t-shirt details and specifications for further action. Best regards, Gabriel Olembe, and he gives his address in New Bell Douala, Cameroon. Wow. So uh, yeah, it sounds sincerely like our ship has come in.
1: Sincerely, Big Dog T Shirt Company.
0: <laughs> I can't make heads nor tails. What is the uh, what's what's the deal? Uh, they they want us as a as a podcast to uh, print up a million t shirts with uh, positive slogans and and images on them because t- so many youths are wearing shirts with negative words and designs. So, uh, the, damn it, boys, should we get them printed now? Yeah, I mean, I. Uh, uh, inflatable cow baby yodas um uh, maybe we would have to say don't say damn it boy say okay boy um we can get um we can't well we can't get any shirts with just Shadow Moon printed on them because that's extremely negative and that would affect the youth behaviors negatively. But can um, we
1: get one for the girls? Can we get one that's like it says I'm a princess and then there's a picture of Laura on there, just this hideous pig woman with a <laughs> giant <laughs> giant belly,
0: <laughs> scratching out, herself, yeah, hanging out over a pool, yeah, right, calling for toilet paper because there's none left in the bathroom. <laughs> so yeah, I don't know. I think we I think we should just send them the money now. And yeah. uh, we'll just get to work printing the the million T-shirts. Well, over I, the, over the next eight months. I guess I should
1: have told you. I also intercepted that email. I already sent it out. So from our. Oh, okay. Yeah. So they are on the way.
0: All right. Uh, just let me know how much I owe you, and I will, you know, just yeah, tap into whatever we need to. Because uh, yeah, sounds like a good organization, very very uh, upfront, um, and for a good cause. You know? And and not at all
1: um, confusing or. Uh... You know, just pretty straightforward. Look, guys, this is the
0: deal. Obviously, you're going to take this. (laughs) I'll write him back and let him know we can make 750,000 T-shirts, and we'll see what he says. So the guy next to him who's you know,
1: typing up the Nigerian prince one is going,
0: What are you what are you doing? <laughs> yeah, you've gone off the rails. Dave, come yeah, on. Man. We, we've got a you know, we've got a we've got a system here. You know, it's either someone's vacationing in London and they yeah they've been robbed, or uh, you know, we caught you uh jacketed on your webcam and send us Bitcoin. And he's like, um, Look, I'm trying something new.
1: What does it hurt you if I take ten <laughs> minutes and type up a convoluted T shirt order scam?
0: <laughs> <laughs> so I guess I mean I've seen the scam is that uh, you 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 list something on Craigslist uh, like your drums uh, some guy says oh that sounds great and then he sends you like five times what you requested as like a check or something hmm. and then he's like oh and then you say you sent me you sent me $3,000 he's only cost $500 he's like oh okay well just cash that and send me back the money <laughs> um, ah. and I guess some people do that so I guess that's probably what this is on a, um, on a very yeah, you, strange you, level yeah so, all right. We'll see what he says. Okay. Uh, uh, but now, until then, we can do a Dumb Sentences of the Week. A sentence begins with a capital letter. A capital letter is a letter that's big. A capital letter is not a small letter. A capital letter is
1: big, big, big. A sentence ends with a period or an
0: exclamation or a question mark. A sentence I've never, always ends I don't with think I've listened past this. I'm going to listen for one second. Or a okay. question mark. Ooh. So my dog is great. Is a sentence the M is a capital. Yeah, that's right. My oh my god. Is <laughs> a sentence it ends with a period. That's right.
1: And wow.
0: Do you like bugs? Is a what? sentence the D is a capital. Yeah, it's big, Wow, it's, it's bugs, better than I could have hoped for. Question,
1: do you like swarms of vermin? <laughs> going underfoot. Well, we'll listen to some more of that someday, but that was nice, yeah.
0: That is like, yeah, like I, I think I said before, when you see a just a different angle of a historic photo of you know, Oswald being shot or something, and you're right. like, oh, I thought, you know did, didn't realize that guy was in the background. Fascinating. <laughs> My dog is a bug. <laughs> uh, well, yeah, so these are the dumb sentences of the week. The uh, first one is coming to us from Janelle. She says, Angwin was built on hills, which in turn grew from land that gradually rose from the shore of toward higher ground inland so they're they're hills they <laughs> look like hills they, they <laughs> gradually rise and there are other things around them that are not on the same level as them ah very nice next one comes from shane uh oh, you know, this he submitted the ra la 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 la, la- ululation as a uh, one man clutches his groin um the next one is from andrew who submitted the uh, giant who had spread his dirty eider down across the world um He thought that the metaphor might make more sense if we knew what an Eiderdown was. So it's uh, the breast down of a female duck. So take that for what you will, Andrew. Uh, Next one is from Jim, a Patreon supporter. He strode back to the common room, his purposeful traverse, shaken at the start by a startled squeak and a frantic set of staccato jiggle hops as he struggled to avoid stepping on any more critters underfoot. Staccato jiggle hops. (laughs) Also a uh, Lucas
1: name. So, yeah, you
0: know. the, uh, the 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 jillicle hops were the uh, they're the, <laughs> the the in the beer movie of cats. That is uh, what they brew with. Um, he thought uh, strode, shake and start startled, squeak, stead of staccato, struggled stepping. Why has Pappy Pariah started writing this? Oh, God. <laughs> uh, this one is from Heather. They took her from the encartment. Sorry, they took her from the. Escarpment in a pole harness, essentially a lariat loop at the end of a ten foot quarter staff intended to both secure and restrain an animal, she said her first thought was it a buck and a quarter ten foot quarter staff i don't know what that means <laughs> but it's good, so they they he describes what a pole harness is uh, as soon as you read it because you might not know I would not have, but you didn't know what a uh, he didn't provide that for the bung hammer.
1: Hey, everyone's got a bung hammer in the corner. Not many people are, you know,
0: snaring animals. It's a,
1: <laughs> it's a well-known thing. Uh,
0: this is from Patrick. It was as if the whole city understood it was doomed and people were merely going through the motions, a purely back brain response, no different than the primal, mindless urge for survival felt by the rider's horses. And he points out, as you did, those two things are not <laughs> similar. <laughs> and they're very different, actually. Yes. Uh, this was from... A, this was a con-submitted... The uh, critique of, uh, of uh, Fran Jean's uh, culinary critiquing. Uh, he just pointed out that despite his culinary snobbery, he lives in the woods and wears a mouse pelt. So settle the hell down with your, uh, you know, dissing my, uh, my coke avine or whatever. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> uh, and this is from Marie. She says, there was no discrimination between earth and air. They blended seamlessly in the distance as though the world had been resolved down to a globe of fluff.
1: Oh, yeah, I noted that one, um, but I, I probably
0: just gave it a sniff of disgust and moved on. <laughs> um, uh, well, I, I only had one because I, I, I but it was the uh, the st- staccato jiggle hops. Um, avoid stepping on the critters underfoot. That one just stood out to me as being truly wretched.
1: Yeah, I have one that, uh, you know, not a lot of fireworks, but this is struck me as uh, unnecessarily deadpan. This is when the uh, cities destroyed or whatever alive it was a pointed command not what was expected from someone whose city had just been consumed by magical flames <laughs> so yeah the book becoming kind of self-aware and, uh, yeah. <laughs> and, and ribbing itself uh, very odd time for that
0: that is the last thing we need uh, abs- we do not need uh you know star wars caliber marvel movie caliber humor edging its way into this thing
1: Ugh, yeah yeah yeah. I guess
0: we've already kind of got it with the look who's talking and takes one to know one type of things.
1: Uh it's if if uh the Rin or the Win or whatever becomes uh making jokes about his own slapstick, that's when we uh that's when we decide just not to finish the book.
0: Right. Yeah, absolutely. Well, speaking of that, I think that uh I think that next week or next whatever, maybe not next week, uh will take us to the end of chapter 12. End of chapter 12. Mm. And then I think we've got two more sessions after that. So oh, it appears the Eagles might be coming back. Uh, but yeah, we've got a uh, 357 in the trade paperback or the mass market paperback. I don't know. I think we can do it. I think we're going to do this and emerge through it stronger.
1: I think, yeah, when we get to the end and we're all tattered and bloody and our skin is stretched and our face is in a grimace uh we're gonna feel better about ourselves it's gonna be uh, a cleansing spell around us so uh yeah, yeah. thanks to everyone for
0: sticking with it we, we yeah we appreciate it uh and yeah thanks for the support on patreon we're ticking up near four uh, 500 supporters so uh join in there uh i have an idea I I don't know if it's going to be for what to do with 500, but I have a fun idea for Patreon that I'm going to run by you. Uh, We'll see. Maybe we can stick that as a a thing we'll trigger when we get to a certain number of people.
1: Oh, I'm intrigued. Yeah. I'm very intrigued. Does it have anything to do with inflatables?
0: All right, you called me on it. I <laughs> I bought one. I just I need some I need some cash to help pay it off because of this uh, t-shirt scam. I'm, <laughs> I'm I'm between that and the inflatables. I'm ruined.
1: All right, this is 372 pages. We'll never get back. So long, everyone.
0: Bye bye. I'm gonna take a uh, bathroom break before that. I've got okay, to uh, sure. find a hot spring to. <laughs>